0: Welcome to the Digging Deep ATV MX Podcast with your host, two time defending ATV Motocross National Champion, Cody Jensen.
1: Am I on air?
2: What's up, everybody? we're We're back back. i'm your host cody jansen and welcome to another special episode episode 50 of the digging deep atvmx podcast presented by our title sponsor CSD tires available for purchase at shop.csttires.com 50 freaking episodes The podcast is nearly two years old now, and it's crazy to see where we are based on where we started. Dallas, my brother slash producer, is sitting next to me, and literally everything we've learned and accomplished, we did by simply figuring it out trial by error style, baptized by fire. We basically faked it until... Well, I don't know if we made it, but we've welcomed some of the greatest names in ATV racing on the show from current legends like Chad Weenan and Joel Hetrick to past legends like Digger Doug Gust, Gary Denton. Um, Josh Creamer, Dustin Wimmer, Joe Byrd, and many more. We've covered current racing, ATV talks on the Pulp MX show, quad guys getting hotter chicks, and just about everything in between. We've accomplished over 2 million downloads, have had listeners in over 40 countries, started the first ever ATV Racing Fantasy League, Digging Deep ATV MX Fantasy, awarded Deserving Riders, Digging Deep Most Improved Pro and Rising Star Awards, hosted a live show at Red Bud with the Team USA Quad Cross of Nations team, and more. I don't know how we've done it, but we've done it all for and because of you guys. So many of you enjoy what we do. You're the reason why we do all of this. And we would just want to say thank you for allowing us to share our passion for ATV racing with all of you. That being said, we've accomplished a lot so far, including our previous episode, our Daytona Review Podcast, being our biggest episode ever, and it only took five days to do so, and we're not slowing down anytime soon. So thank you all once again. We have an awesome episode for you tonight. There's so much to talk about regarding current ATV racing. So PH3 Photos, Josh Klein will join us to kick things off and do just that. We'll preview the Three Palms ATV Motocross National that is right around the corner, wrap up our final thoughts on the Daytona ATV Supercross, talk a little digging deep ATV MX Fantasy, and more with Josh. Then Alan Myers will join the show to elaborate on his decision to sit out the 2021 season. The former AMA ATV Pro Class podium finisher will tell us what he's up to currently, as well as look to the future and when we can expect to see him return to the races. Finally, our headliner for this episode is legendary ATV racing mechanic Paul Turner. PT has some amazing stories to tell from his days winning a title wrenching for Travis Spader, then for digger Doug Gust at Factory Suzuki, winning the most storied event in ATV racing history as a major underdog with Pat Brown, more recently helping Chad Wienan win three of his titles, and more. You're going to love this conversation with PT. This episode is yet again stuffed full of so much awesome content that you won't find anywhere else. So let's not waste any more time. Thanks to all of you who are playing Digging Deep ATV MX Fantasy with us. And remember, it's not too late to join the first ever ATV Motocross Fantasy League. Sign up today at ATVFantasy.com and lock in your picks for three poems. Thanks to our sponsors who are all on board with us tonight. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, 4 Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Factory 43, Bikes, Strikes and Quads, LLC, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Their clippers rock, their nose hair trimmers are amazing, and they have a bunch of other cool stuff as well. So check out Manscaped. I wish I would have sooner. Get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support all these great companies that support us, and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. The season is here. We'll be racing before we know it and we both know you need parts and gear no matter what off-road gear parts you need Rocky Mountain ATV MC has you covered so before you buy click that Rocky Mountain ATV MC banner on our website to help us out and lastly before we drop the gate here Digging Deep was deeply saddened to hear of the passing of six-time ATV motocross national champion Michelle Jenkins. Our thoughts and prayers are with her husband, Brian, and the rest of their family during this terribly difficult time. Michelle will be remembered as a fierce competitor and a friend to so many. She will be deeply missed. Rest in peace, number five. Now, just as she would want, the 30-second board is up, it's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. Let's go. All right, guys, last time we had this guy on, many of you stated that you thoroughly enjoyed him on the show, so we brought him back to finish up anything left to discuss about Daytona, and then get you ready for round two uh, for the pros, round one for the amateurs at Three Palms Action Sports Park in Texas a few weeks from now. Without further ado, brought to you by our friends at Yamaha and their championship-winning YFZ450R. Head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors, and check out Yamaha's full Proven off-road lineup at yamahaoutdoors.com today it's mr ph3 photos himself josh klein what's up man
3: welcome yeah, back hey how's it going it's living the dream you know just another day in paradise living the dream that's what i always
2: tell everybody living the dream i don't know who's but i'm living somebody's dream
3: That's right. That's right.
2: (laughs) What's, uh, what's going on? I, we, I feel like, um, we got so much to talk about, you know, Daytona's behind us now. Three Palms is coming up fast. I know, you know, you had, um, some, some passionate takes, some passionate stuff to talk about after Daytona, which is what sparked me wanting to get you on at this time. And it seems, you know, looking forward that maybe you'll even be more closely involved, uh, in the sport than ever before. So it seems like the perfect time to bring you back on and, and talk some ATV motocross. It's always a good time to talk some ATV motocross.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I uh, you know, this this past Daytona was a little bit different. Um last year was my first Daytona and uh only being able to shoot from outside the fences, uh was a little different. But uh this year I was granted uh, access on track as with COVID everything kind of changed up. So being able to get on track and and feel more comfortable and and do what I had to do uh on track, get shots, and it was uh, it was an honor. It was definitely a bucket list item. So glad I was able to make the trip and uh, catch up on all the action. So I was glad to be on track.
2: That's awesome. Well, that's one of the reasons why I want to, to, uh, you know, talk, touch on the Daytona stuff a little bit, because you were there, like I was just telling you before we hit record on this thing, uh, to just get another unique perspective, kind of give us the stuff that you saw. I, I, you know, I want to touch on that before we move on to three poems, but also, um, you know, talking about getting that track access, all those things, that's got to be an awesome feeling for you. I mean, it's got to feel like you've come so far in such a short period of time. uh, And then that kind of leads me to what I want to to touch on next with um you know ken hill a friend of so many so many of ours a legend um you know with his current health situation did i see that you're gonna maybe have an increased role with shooting for the series am i kind of on point with that
3: yeah yeah and you know it it really goes back to to red bud um when when i met ken and didn't know who ken was mm-hmm. and uh going back to like our previous discussion on the last episode uh you know shooting at uh, Iron Man for the the pro only day and getting a connection with with the series and having the pleasure of you know traveling the series last year and as a, as a whole and meeting the people in the series the connection and and kind of establishing myself um, I received a message um, from ATV motocross asking if I would be interested in stepping in and helping out with the series this year um, uh, you know it's it's an honor, but it's kind of I don't know. Ken's health is important. I I don't you know I with everything going on with him, I'm hoping they get things figured out. There's a lot on mm-hmm. his plate, and uh, to see him stepping away at Aonia from the GNCC, but yet he was still there. You know he wants to be there. That's that's Ken. That's that's what he does. That's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know to what extent he's going to be traveling the series. Um, but I think, uh, you know, having this opportunity, I'm, I'm thoroughly um, grateful for the opportunity and, and even consideration. There's many photographers around that that could do, do the job and uh, do it well. And uh, I'm just happy that they, you know, re- reached out to me and asked me if I would be interested in doing that. Yeah, man. Awesome
2: opportunity for you. Of course, like you said, st- said there, I mean, obviously we need to say that, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with Ken that goes without saying, I love that guy so much. Uh, his, sounds like his body is battling against him a little bit at the moment, but anybody who knows Ken knows that, uh, it's going to take a whole lot more to keep him down than that. But yep. yeah, I mean, it seemed like, um, like so many of us, you know, our track family, our ATV racing family, our racing family is our family. Um, yep. so yeah, I mean, I hope that we can still see him. Uh, uh, you know, maybe at the races, traveling around a little bit, doing something else for the series, whatever he can do. Uh, he's such a, he's such a staple. He does so much for the series that I feel like probably most people don't even know all the, all the different hats that he wears at times. Yeah. So um, yeah, I wanted to touch on that, but yeah, man, awesome opportunity for you. Um, and I think that it's going to, it's going to have you even more up close and personal with the the series, with the racers, with all the stuff going on. And again, it's got to feel like you've come so far in such a short period of time. I hope that yeah. it's been such a, such a pleasant opportunity for you that you think back to like, how did I get here? You know, it seems yep. like you're, you're so plugged in. You're, you're really, uh, you know, a key player in, in these national events. Um, so you touched on, you know, being there at Daytona and stuff. Tell me about the, the Daytona experience, uh, for you, because as fans, um, it was a pretty fantastic start to what I think is going to be an incredible season. Don't you think it was, a, it was a great start to the series
3: yeah it definitely uh definitely um I guess you could uh it definitely raised some eyebrows <laughs> <laughs> um, there, was, there was many aspects and I I think with the new rookies and and the those that have stepped away from the sport were not there um you really got to see who could sprint who could you know hang and I think you know establishing a pecking order you can't do it in one race Daytona is mm-hmm. much different than everything else the speed, the corners, the lap times, everything is, is going to be way different at Texas. That's coming up. Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, for me, I think Daytona is Daytona. It's, it's a, it's Daytona. We can't Mm -hmm. get from that, but to, to factor it into the, to the series and everything, it's so much more of a different setup And, Mm and whether it be a points race or not, it's a great way to kick off the season, you know, but, um, I think, once we get to Texas, we're going to, we're going to really see where things shake out.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I do think that it's a great spectacle. It's a great way to kick everything off. The exciting part is that, like you said, I mean, you don't know where the pecking order is and I don't know. I mean, it could take a, could take a long time to figure out where these guys are all going to shake out. Cause there's a lot of guys that it just, you know, you don't know where they fit. Cause there's too many riders. For There's too many podium guys for the podium. There's too many top five guys for the top five and, and, and so on. So I want to touch on a few things here. Um, kind of finishing up the Daytona talk starting, you know, at the front with the, the two past champions of the class and, um, how they stacked up against each other at the season opener there, Chad Weenan and Joel Hetrick, of course. Uh, what were your thoughts after round one of racing, uh,
3: seeing how those two stacked up with each other? Um, you know, and I, I think Chad, he, he played it smart. He saw that Joel was out and he said it on the podium. He said that he, Joel was out in front and didn't know where he was, um, when that series of events unfolded, but he raced a smart race. That's Chad. That's what he does. He runs smart and he's not going to burn himself out on one race. He's, you know, he's on the podium for a reason. Other riders, you got Janusa. I mean, almost a almost a similar scenario to Alan Myers last year. The right place, the right time, the consistency, and the drive put him in the right spot. You know, and and to to see Wesley, you know, everybody running. I'd, I'm curious if anybody had you know, two maybe three. All I don't know if anybody had all three in fantasy pick that way. I know I didn't and it just uh it definitely kind of it stirred the pot a little bit to make people look at uh okay are we sleeping on somebody it is mm-hmm. was snow cross training as as I was as Genusa you know plowing the track in the winter um i definitely i'll admit it i was sleeping on him i was sleeping on him um i had him pegged for for a fifth sixth place and there he was but uh yeah t- Joel and Chad, it's going to be a knock him out, drag him out. I know Joel's got his work cut out for him, but I'm, I'm going to say it's still, it's going to come down and it's, it's going to be work, but I, I think he's going to be there come the end of the year.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, um, what we've been talking about on some of these recent episodes is the fact that it's different this time, you know, Joel, it's like, he's got a new, new toy to play with. He's got, uh, you know, a, a, a new battle weapon or however you want to say it. Um, it felt like at the end of last season, it went without saying, and then Joel kind of confirmed it to us that, uh, he was kind of spent by the fact that you know, that maybe, maybe he was being held back on what he was riding. Um, you know, I think that that's, as we look to three poems and we'll get into this a little more as we go here, but as we look to three poems, that's going to be really, really interesting to me because that's one of the places that he said that he felt like you could finally tell he was just a tick behind with being on the Honda. And, uh, gonna be it's gonna be interesting now i mean you know joel's gonna feel like he's got a little little ground to make up right you know he's, he's yep. obviously in a points hole he's overcome it before but you know maybe his room for error is a little less now yeah
3: um well and you, like you go look if you look back at um some of the videos from um like for example from texas three palms i know there is that pro section and it hurts my back to watch every time he cased that jump and i think you know that that ride at the time with that Honda, he was putting everything he had. And it was just a little bit short. Mm -hmm. Oh, now like with the Yamaha, that power's there. I think Mm -hmm. they're pretty close to figuring and, and being with it. I I think it's, I think that's going to be the factor. And you know, he's going to be there. Yeah. And, it, and, and that's
2: exactly what I was talking about really was that, uh, pro section hanging up his tires a little bit and then watching Chad get over it so clean. And it doesn't make sense that, a uh, such a big guy like Chad should be able to get over things cleaner than what Joel does. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be like a very, and, and I don't even know that it works this way, but Uh, perception wise, you're going to compare what you saw with Joel last year and what you see with Joel this year. And that's going to kind of, uh, you know, be your measuring stick as to how far ahead his program may be on this new machine. That itself is going to be really interesting. The other interesting part, like I was going to say before, is that with Joel needing to make up you know, he's got to make up some points here. Um, He was already in sicko mode. He was already trying to prove a point. He he told us this much, Uh, trying to make a statement. He's going to be out to make a statement again. You can, you can guarantee it. You can stamp it. Um, You can bet on it. So uh, that part is going to be interesting to me. And obviously, like you said, we're going to see a knockdown drag out war. And I think it's going to go till the end. Absolutely.
3: You know, it's, I just, you can and you know yeah you yeah you have pros that have this look in their eyes when they're set out and i think the most scary one that i've seen is joel is when he's relaxed going to the line because when he's relaxed and he's got that you know that focused relaxed look um you know it just it's a different kind of look that the other riders have and it's just it's go time i got mm-hmm. a picture of him last year at iron man and it took i took it between mechanics and he's just relaxed on the bars cool calm and collected and he just kind of just after i snapped the picture he happened to look over at me and he just kind of chuckled and was straight game face and to to see that kind of look and then you know you chad's got his game face you know it's they're different looks but when it comes down to it and the gate drops it's all business
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean those guys both i mean they obviously um you know, they're two of the greatest of all time for a reason. So, uh, just interesting always to see how they work. And as we, you kind of touched on them already, Nick Janusa, he earned his, you know, second career pro class podium there. Um, and man, after we learned how little riding time, you talked about the snow and stuff, we touched on it on the last episode, some of the other hurdles that he had to endure there makes you think that, uh, you know, he could, he could be just getting better. He could only get better from here. That's the way it feels. And I would say it's almost different than Allen because Allen was the fourth guy last year at Daytona, you know, and then, then Thomas goes down, loses that top three spot. Janusa, Nick was hanging on to those front two for half of the race. And then yeah. for the rest of the race was clearly the third best guy. He was really, you could argue the third best guy all day. Um, you know, he, he was fast in qualifying one is heat race and again, was at that front pack with the front two for yeah. the longest time. Um, so, I think that he was probably one of the most impressive things there. And if he's going to keep getting better, uh, then he has the potential to be a podium regular. He could very much be the guy that steps up as the Thomas Brown repl- replacement. Uh, if, if he can replicate what he did at Daytona, uh, he could surely be a regular
3: on the podium. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, from my point of view, spectator, you know, and photographer, I love the idea of not having a replacement. I like to see the fight. I want oh, me too. Yeah, me you too. Know? You never know. It's, at, it's It's like okay, who's going to take it today? Mm-hmm. It's just, and then it, you know, if there's a bobble and somebody's there, do they slide in between Joel and Chad and really mix things up? Right. I just, I, I the re, the replacement aspect. It's like, yeah, I just, I just, <laughs> just want to see. I would love to see a different person. Can- oh for sure. And
2: and I guarantee you're going to see it. I mean, oh, yeah. you are you are going to see it. It's not going to be like Thomas is there but for all those guys kind of when you're talking tier 2 guys or whatever, um they all want to be the guy that fills Thomas's role. So I guess yep. that's how I think about it. I mean, they want to be the guy that's on the podium on the regular. Uh but that'll be a tall task for sure. Uh want to touch uh yep. we're going to move on to three palms uh, you know, completely here real quick, but I wanted to touch on some of these top storylines with you. Uh, Wesley Wolf, he earned his first career podium. Uh, it's gotta be pretty special to have that happen at Daytona. We tried our hardest to get him on this episode, uh, because I really wanted to talk to him about, you know, obviously the awesome day that he had, but he kept his plans under wraps in, in the off season. He shows up at Daytona. He's, he's joined the JH racing team with Johnny Hale over there, comes out and podiums his first race, uh, super impressive, day for for wesley and get this zero percent of people picked him and digging emx <laughs> fantasy at daytona not a single yeah. person took him as their tier two pick i can't believe that talk about a dark horse he gets on the podium and i guarantee he's going to be on some fantasy teams as we head to three palms
3: yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And there was a couple of segments. Once I, I got out on the track and looked at it and I looked at him and I walked through the pits and I said, you know, I said, I'm going to say 50% of your passes come from this section because it's so choppy and so rough. That's where you're going to find your comfort. He goes, you think so? And he came off the track after the podium and he goes, yeah, I, I, I see what you are talking about, you know, and it was, it was kind of funny. So, but yeah, yeah congrats to him. Uh, he, he wrote a strong day and, uh, he earned it. I mean, it, he was there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I,
2: I think, and we said, we've been saying, it feels like for the last couple seasons, it feels like as long as I've had the podcast here, um, if he could take just one step forward, he was going to battle for podiums. I mean, he's yep. been that guy that's, you know, fourth, fifth, six, he's like, he's been there. He's always there. Right. So, uh, it feels like, he kind of took that step. He's never had a podium before. He's got a really good program. He put himself in good position. He gets the podium spot and I just wonder if that's going to, you know, kind of light even more of a fire underneath him if he's going to be able to take a little bit more of a leap. Um he had a hell of a battle with Max Linquist there. Uh that yeah. that looked that looked amazing and to think, you know, Wesley's been in the class for a handful of years, you know, kind of worked his tail off, finally got this podium. Max is right there uh and as a as a 17-year-old rookie that's crazy to see i mean we've talked up and down about his pro class debut you know he obviously finished fourth uh you know an amazing fourth place finish there for him um you know he okay so he was the most picked rider in the yeah digging deep fantasy, which is pretty impressive. Almost 70% of people there. Um, and, uh, you know, he was the the tier three pick there. He's graduated to tier two now. So be aware of that, everybody out there, uh, as you prepare your fantasy team for round two. Um, but yeah, he had a hell of a ride. And then, you know, kind of mixed in that pack was Brandon Hogue. He rounded out the top five. And I said it once, I'll say it again, at the midway point of that race, it looked like he was going to be the possible podium guy. Um, you know, knowing what we know now with, Joel going out of the race, uh, he ended up sticking it in a Berman and ultimately didn't go down that way. But I do think as we touch on Brandon Hogue here, I think that that was a great starting point for, for his 2021 season, especially after the early exit last year.
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and he, it even came across to me that he wasn't, obviously he wasn't happy with where he ended up because he knows he can do better. And I I think he's got his mind trained to it's all in. 100% all day. And I mean yeah, you have to have that mindset. I get that. But I definitely see a different vision from Brandon this year than than years past. And uh, he's I think he's going to be right there. He's going to be in that top 5 mixing it up for sure at, at numerous stops. So oh, for sure. I mean can, don't count him out. <laughs> no, he he does he
2: doesn't want to be top 5. You know, he don't he yeah. doesn't want to just be top no. 5. So nope. he's he's pushing for more than that and we saw a glimpse of that at daytona i mean that's what i was kind of trying to touch on there is we saw a glimpse of it like he he went by wesley and went by Max, and then yeah. you know it, it seemed after uh, you know he kind of kind of got passed back there after he made a little mistake, things unraveled a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think that we're gonna see him. We're gonna see him push uh, that front pack. I think for sure. And the last thing I want to touch on before we primarily look at Three Palms here is the situation with with Joel Hetrick, who we all know by now got you know contacted um, you know with a lapper while leading. I don't want to beat the dead horse here. We it in depth on our previous episode but uh, you fired back on social media shortly after the incident and i uh, just wanted to allow you to touch on the situation here um if you'd like
3: yeah i uh you know it, it's it definitely i didn't see the incident from my point of view i was uh sitting at the wall jump waiting for them to come around uh, okay. i you know and from hearing official you know and 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 conversations and stuff. it just uh, it, I think Mike being not as active on social media and, and not being so, I guess, confrontational with, with seeing what everybody's saying and everybody just you know, oh rookie this and lap or that. Daytona is different. Like we said, how many other races in pro ATV motocross are we going to be lapping into the top 10 top eight riders? they're going to go in they're battling you know and and to to have that incident and that happen i you know it's it's tough and it, it's tough for mike yes it's tough for joel too absolutely you know it took him out of the race and and definitely you know some said it took him out of the championship i don't think so i think joel is strong enough rider he's going to make his statement he's going to come back in the meantime you've got mike that's really bummed about it they're good friends they talk they like joel said they talked um they're good you know but Mike doesn't, doesn't appear to me in talking that he's happy with it. He's definitely by no means happy that it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and from that point, you know, it's a, yes, it's a learning experience as well. And it's unfortunate for Mike, but I think going into, into three poems, he's got a statement he wants to make as well. And, um, I've got Mike as my pick in fantasy. So I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say, you know, there was intention. There wasn't, you know, it just, it's racing. You're, you're eighth place. You're battling bar to bar. You come around a corner, you know, I don't know. I can't say if he did or didn't see Joel, if he didn't look over at him or didn't look at him. But when you're battling bar to bar and there's no sound, then there's sound. Do you, you know, who is it? Is it the guy I'm battling position for? You know. Well, well, well. The tough part is, is
2: so Mike had people all around him, right? When you look at some of the videos, you see Jeffrey is right in front of him. Yep. And we know that he was battling with Logan Stanfield throughout the race. Right. Logan is right behind him on his other side, and Joel is on his right side. And as a racer, I mean, you obviously don't know like exactly where everybody is, right? You just hear machines. Yeah. You hear machines. You hear Yamaha and what I, what I, and I, and I said this, I think on the last episode, but Joel is going so much faster than everybody else. Joel is coming up so fast on those guys. I mean, again, like they, like you said, they were in, he was in eighth place. He was in eighth place. That's how much faster he was going. I mean, and you're exactly right. When do you lap into the, the top eight like that? Like feel like we don't need to go too in depth here because he was, I mean, Jeffrey had a problem at the beginning of the race, but Joel was coming around to lap Jeffrey. Like that doesn't happen. So these are riders. It's not like Supercross where, you know, you're, you're all, you're always lapping into the top 10. Like if you're a mid pack guy, you're getting lapped. You know how to get lapped. Um, that's not something that happens in ATV motocross. There's also far fewer blue flags out there that that's just not something that we have because typically that's not something that's a major problem. If you're on an outdoor track and you're getting lapped that probably means you're having something you know go on with the machine something wrong with your body whatever you're just trying to make make laps to get points right if you're getting lapped in an outdoor track so uh tough situation for everybody involved obviously um you know mike mike didn't want to be this guy didn't want to impact the races he was nobody does (laughs) right he was just out there doing his best i i thought that the, the conversation we had with Joel, I thought Joel handled it like a champ, the stuff that he did say about wanting to hear from Mike or, you know, wanting Mike to address it publicly just came from Joel looking out for Mike. Like he wanted everybody to get off Mike's back. I thought that, you know, the reason why we touched on it the way I did. And the reason why I tried to, you know, to go to bat for Mike, like a mistake is a mistake, but I've been that guy. Like I already said, I'd been that guy, a guy that you know, you never get lapped. You don't get lapped. You're you're a fringe top ten guy. You don't get lapped, but you got lapped at Daytona. Um, and if anything, I gave the leader a little too much room, and you know, it was just the exact opposite. But I've been that guy, and I know how tough of a situation it is. Um, and again, I just want you know, you want people to realize that you know, you hear bikes behind you, you hear a bike coming, but he probably just assumed it was Logan Stanfield. I mean, he didn't, he didn't know it was Joel. Like, so, uh, just feel like the mindset I go with. (laughs) Yeah. We, we, I just wanted to touch on it because I thought that, uh, you had a pretty respectable and, and good take out there before there was before there was many of them when everything was so hot. Um, you were already out there, you know, speaking some, some good reason there. So, uh, with that, I want to shift, um, our focus to three palms then, which, uh, is, is, almost more exciting than Daytona. I feel like, like you kind of said, uh, Daytona is an outlier. Um, You know, now we're going outdoors for the first full-time, you know, full-on ATV national of the 2021 season, which all of us couldn't be more excited about. You know, it's a, at an absolutely gorgeous venue, uh, facilities, amazing there. That's a place that I absolutely loved last year when it was the first time that we went down there. So, uh, I feel like we saw some great racing there last year. Um, and I feel like if last year's event is any indication, uh, we're in for a treat when we get down there this year.
3: Oh, absolutely. And I think the other factor too, and like you had said with, with Joel, you know, we're going to look at the two different, you know, rides, I think it's still fresh in a lot of our minds because three palms was the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Now, three palms, the beginning of the season, we're going to be able to look at these two more fresh in our mind to see, okay, where's the difference at, you know, and, and this, this facility, I, you know, I'm like I'm not following this series, you know, for too long of a time, but it's definitely one of my top three. Um, I think it's it's got a great diverse, you know, area as far as whether it be for parking, for spectator viewing, the track, you know, definitely looks tighter in video than what it actually is, and there was some good lines. There was multiple line options to where you could, you know, set up and and make moves, but uh, the racing from the pros to the amateurs is going to be absolutely phenomenal. I have no doubt about it.
2: Yeah, last year that track uh, made for some incredible racing. Some of the best racing that we saw, I feel like last year. Yep. Um, I do like the fact that not now it's different. It's more man-made. It's more, uh, I don't know, super crossy or whatever. Um, but I like that it's different because, you know, we go to all of these outdoor national tracks and to just have a little change up is, uh, is something that I think is good. Now you're exactly right. It feels like we were just there. Like, it feels like, like that actually was the last national that I was at. So mm-hmm. it feels like we were just there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it should be, should be really good. That was an awesome place. And to go from something that's so, so good, like three palms to something that's a little 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 iffy is your digging deep atv mx fantasy season it started off little iffy for you josh yeah a little little shaky you're currently (laughs) tied for tied for 114th um but you're looking looking to rebound in texas your team uh, for daytona started off with joel hetrick um and as we you know kind of a way to talk about uh, the, the racing at three palms. Um, he was your tier one rider there. So are you just, as we re-rack these guys, are you just going to pick Joel Hetrick once again and and roll with
3: him as your tier one rider again? I I'm going to go with Joel for tier one. That's, that's my tier one pick. I'm, I don't know. And it's, you know, like, like you said, I think Joel has something to prove again, more so. So I, I like the aggression, you know, the the aggressive riding, the speed that he's got, and you know, I think he's he's got still got some haters that are sitting there. They're like, he don't have the bike figured out. You know, he's still got some things to do. He's too new. I think it was just a spur of the moment. That was his type of track. Well, mm-hmm. here we go. Chad. Next year, here, here comes Joel.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I, if anybody's got doubts after seeing what he did at Daytona, like how <laughs> fast he was going. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that they saw the same race that I did. Uh, there's definitely no doubts there. Um, but it is hard to predict because, you know, we saw some great racing there last year with those guys racing that ultimately decided the championship. Really? Uh, yeah. that was a super, super pivotal race there, obviously penultimate round. Um, the first moto we saw Chad inch out Joel, but it was, it was neck and neck. It was a good battle. Uh, Chad gets the W in moto one there. Remember that was a three moto format double header last time and moto two Joel ran away with the win. Uh okay, so now you know we've had a neck and neck battle. We've had a you know kind of a dominant Joel Hetrick battle or Joel Hetrick performance, then Moto three uh of the double header. So that was on Sunday. Remember, Chad Weenan went raced through the whole top five past Joel yep. and claimed the pivotal victory that kind of gave him the the cushion, um, you know, for um for the South of the border finale. So I feel like it is hard to predict, but what's, so I have two things. Originally I was thinking what's stuck in my mind is how good Chad was there last year. Like he was, he was good. And he, he stepped, yep. stepped up to the plate when he had to, when he had to make it happen on Sunday, he stepped up to the plate like big time. So he, that was stuck what in my champion mind. had to do. <laughs> exactly. But uh, Joel, like I said, I'll use the word again. Joel, you have to imagine as long as his health is where it needs to be, he's going to be in sicko mode. Like we saw him at Daytona trying to make a statement. Um, like he admitted to us. Then he admitted to us that he was out there to make a statement. And you ha- you best believe he's really going to be out to make a statement after what happened uh, in Daytona. Um, it's going to be hard to pick against Joel. I feel like.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, and I just yeah, that's that's going to be tough <laughs> to. It'll be fun to watch though, because go ahead, go ahead. When he clicks off that gate, I think in, in the first moto, it's going to be too late to change your
2: picks. (laughs) See, and this is the thing. And I said this to Chad and, and I, I don't know if he heard it the way I meant it or the way I said it, but I mean, he kind of got the best of everything, right? Like he got max points at, at, Daytona now he got, you know, some time off to, you know, go get all his stuff in order. We know that, uh, him and Danica just had a child just like Joel and Carly did. Um, so there was a lot going on there. So he was going to go home, be able to get his ducks in a row and then go to Texas and still feel like he had something to prove. And he's got a, you know, he got max points. Like I felt like, um, he's kind of got a little bit, you know, got max points, but he's also got something. Kind of lighting a fire under his tail, right? So I feel like it's going to be really interesting, um, and I feel like it's just going to be the the beginning of a bunch of good battles out there. Um, so I want to tie up the the tier one talk uh, by touching on Bryce Ford and asking where you think he stacks up because he was on fire there last year. And when you yep. think about Bryce Ford's Bryce Ford's rookie season, I mean those, those, some of the, the splashes, some of the, you know, the, the little sparks he showed us, the glimpses of stuff he showed us at three palms are what are definitely stuck in my mind as the highlights of his season. Um, you know, at three palms last year, he was grabbing hole shots. He was fast qualifier on Sunday. He finished on the podium. He passed Chad Weenan at one point. He led Joel Hetrick for a while. Um, gosh, I, I, I mean, and you know, him, I mean, he, again, he's going to be motivated. Like, you know, he expects to specs and hopes and thinks he can go win races now going, you know, to his home track or whatever down there, uh, riding on a track, he knows a track he did well at last year. And then to have the motivation of, of, you know, having a not up to snuff day with what happened at Daytona, uh, a couple mechanical problems and stuff, and then having to start in the back and race all the way through the pack, best believe he's going to be as motivated as could be too.
3: Oh yeah. I, you know, and it would, the way the fantasy set up, it, it, I want to pick, you know, I know. I different feel the same. It's like how do you, know, how do you go that way? So, but I, but I feel like if he was in tier two, he'd be everybody's pick. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if, you know, if I had to pick, I would say Bryce gets a moto win and takes podium for, Oh boy. moto for, win. Yeah. I think he'll pull, he was, his speed and pulling the whole shot at Texas, yeah, mm-hmm. home race. You know, they had the bus full of fans on top. He still went out and handled business. Oh yeah. Is is unfortunate with the mechanical and stalling on the gate at Daytona, which I think you know it could have the stalling on the gate may have been somewhat of a saving grace to him because he would have been honestly. Yep, yep. Um getting to start and to him to come all the way back up from where he did to, you know, get through a Daytona and finish where he did. I, he had drive. Um If he has that drive at Texas, he's going to podium the mm-hmm. moto win. And he would be as far as, you know, just a matter of his second moto where he ends up, you know, second or third on the podium. Well, in the, the interesting part is
2: looking at his rookie season, he was the closest to the front two at three palms. Yeah. In, yeah. Well,
3: Chad had to work back and forth. And that's, that's, that's
2: what I'm saying. I mean, he was, he was just the, just overall looking at his performance, his speed, everything. He was the closest to the front two there. And, you know, in year two, I mean, mentally and, and just like his expectations, everything like they're that much higher now. So that's going to be really fun to watch. I mean, there's guys that are going to pick him and uh, man, if it pays off, going to be ballsy, but, but it's kind of within the realm of possibility. You know, oh, so, yeah. uh, yeah, it'd be, be fun to see there. He's one of the guys that, you know, I think so many of us are, are focusing on and uh, particularly at, at Texas, cause we know that the ceiling is high there for sure. So, um, that could very easily be the podium. It could be the, the three tier one riders and nobody would be surprised. Um, no. but as we look to tier two, who's going to challenge for that podium spot, who are you, uh, picking for tier two last week, um, at Daytona. You took Jeffrey, I believe. Um, and the the choices being here are Nick Janusa, Wesley Wolf, Max Lindquist now Brandon Hogue, and Jeffrey Ristrelli. This is such a difficult grouping to to pick from. Uh, so many good choices here. I feel like it's a toss up. All of them are a good choice. Um, but uh, who are you going to pick for tier two? You think?
3: Yeah, that's that that group. I tell you what, that's tough. I. <laughs> But you feel, you feel like you're doing everybody a disservice too. You, right? like you do. Really? And you know, it's like, thanks to Casey, you start thinking about how many gray hairs are you know, starting to think out, oh, you know, I, right. who am I going to offend? But right. I've made especially,
2: my picks. Hey, especially when you have Chad Weenan come on your podcast and he's like, Hey, who'd you pick?
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's I've made my picks and I'm not going to change it. And you can, you know, I usually make my picks and they stick. Okay. Uh, I'm going with Jeffrey. I've got Jeffrey as my pick. So awesome. Um, I, I think staying healthy um, and, and he's looking like he's fired up and ready to ride. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the starting pile up at Daytona, I think it just kind of added to it. You know, you're seeing him, he's posting on Instagram and in his stories and, you know, he's out running, he's working out and maybe I'm wrong because I'm following more this year than last year, but it seems like he's putting in a lot more physical work than he did last year. And mm-hmm. to see that motivation, I think it's a different side of Jeffrey and I'm glad to see it. Uh, well, so, and and I just, I wonder
2: with Jeffrey, like, I wonder if he thinks about it, like, because for, for years it was him and Thomas Brown every yeah. weekend, every weekend it was him and Thomas Brown for the top three um, for at least, you know, two, three seasons. That's what it was. And so now, you know, when you look at tier two, like he's that old, he's the only guy that's been there for a long time. You know, he's got, he's got 19 podiums. His next podium will be his 20th podium. The other guys have one or two or three, you know, yeah. and, and so I just, I want, right. So I just wonder in his mind, if it's like, man, if I can just tap into what I've done, like I could be the Thomas Brown, get on the podium every weekend, be a step ahead of those other guys. He's done it. Um, And I just it's tough for me because, you know, you want to always bet with, or you don't want to bet with your heart, but sometimes it's hard to turn, you know, your, your feelings off about it. And Jeffrey might be my pick every weekend. If I went with my heart, but you know, we, we've raced each other for forever. We go way back to being kids racing each other. Um, I really want to see him do well. So I would be stoked if,
3: you know,
2: if, if he's that top rider getting on the podium and stuff, there, um going to be fun to watch. And I hope that he can, he can uh, distance uh, himself from what last year was for him. I mean, last year just seemed like struggles, struggles throughout. It sounded, I mean, with candidly, with a conversation I had with him in Texas last year, I would have bet everything I had that he wasn't coming back. And uh, he came back probably because, um, obviously still loves it. Obviously he's got something to prove. Obviously we know that he wasn't at, you know, hundred percent top notch, all, all Jeffrey Russell. that was obvious. Like that wasn't him out there last year, um, at the best of his ability. Yep. He's still got stuff to prove, but I got to believe that some of it is, Hey, we got this new program, new bike, everything's going to be better. Um, you're gonna, you know, be basically taking, uh, you know, it's not going to be a knife to a gunfight anymore. And I right. feel like as soon as he has, you know, some, some good positive things happen, some, some good performances, some good finishes, I feel like that could be dangerous because then you might see it every weekend from Jeffrey. It's just, you, as soon as you can tap into it once, he might be able to hold on to it throughout
3: this thing. Right. And not only that, but going into Texas, he's not injured this round. He, last year at Texas, he was, he was having an, he had an injury and you know, he definitely, you could tell, you know, when he got off mm-hmm. at the end of the moto, that man was in some pain. And yeah. I tell you what, to see him go hundred percent at Texas, I, that's another, you know, solidifying reason why I've got him. Uh, you know, for as my pick, I just he—he's due. He's definitely yep. due. Oh, absolutely.
2: Uh, man, I think if you're putting me on the spot right now, I'd have a hard time going against. Uh, Nick Janusa. Um, obviously with how good he looked at Daytona, then you combine that with last year, he had a fifth and a fourth at the doubleheader there fifth on Saturday, fourth on Sunday. Um, and like I said, and I think I said it on the last episode, but with where his mind is and it's like the subconscious confidence that he has. Um, and he kind of touched on it in the interview we did with him, but with him being in such a good spot, I think he's going to be going to the, the, the line, you know, feeling dangerous, right? Like he's going to, he's going to feel dangerous and it's just going to be, if he can get good enough starts. And that's the, really, that was the, that was the reason why I didn't take him at Daytona. Honestly, if we're talking fantasy is because I didn't know if he was going to get the starts he needed and he put himself in great position and it was never in doubt.
3: Yeah. And I, I kind of chuckle at the, uh, I got a picture of him and his dad when he come off the track and he's sitting there and he just kind of looks over at the fans and kind of gives them, you know, you know, the payday kind of, kind of twitch. Yeah. And I just kind of laughed and I was like, that's, that's Nick. That's, he's having fun. He's feeling good. Ah he's, he's here. He's, mm-hmm. he's not going anywhere. And uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting year to see him contend for, for that top podium. So, yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. And that, again, that group is so interesting to me. I mean, Nick Janusa, can he, can he, you know, prove to be a podium guy, um, you know, regularly as we go outdoors, can Wesley Wolf, can he put himself in position to maybe, you know, at least even if he doesn't get a podium, can he compete with that top three? Um, you know, you got Max Lindquist who was obviously close last week. Now we're going to go outdoors, see what, see what he can do. Brandon Hogue. Like I said, I mean, you could, he could finish third and it wouldn't even be a surprise. I feel like, cause we know what his ceiling is. And then Jeffrey Ristrelli, like I, like I said, I mean, 19 podiums that, that tier two there is, is so interesting to me. I feel like, like you said, it could be a different guy every weekend. I wouldn't even be surprised if it was a different guy every weekend. And that's going to be really interesting to see tier three is probably a three man race, uh, between Logan Stanfield, Michael Allred, who jumped up from tier four after his Daytona performance there, uh, good finish for him. And I would say Cody Ford, it's probably those three in tier three that are, that are kind of, uh, in the mix for, for your picking there. I know Troy Hill is also in that tier. I don't know if he'll be, if he'll be back or whatever. Um, but I'm thinking that the vast majority of people are going to be looking at that three, who. Are you uh, leaning towards for, for tier three? You had Max there um, for Daytona. So did 70% of people, like we said. Can't take him anymore. Who are you looking at for tier three?
3: You know, and, and oh, you said already, you said already, you said you're going with Mike. Yeah, I'm going with Mike. You know, and, and with the incident with Joel, I think had that, you know, had Joel stayed upright, I think the conversation with Michael Allred would be a totally different scenario. Yep. you know coming to Daytona he goes in and takes a top 10 and not only that but in his heat he was wheel to wheel with Bryce for the whole shot at the line I think it some people kind of you know without having you know the the live feed or video or anything like that you couldn't see it because it was opposite of the starting gate but wheel to wheel with Bryce for the whole shot I saw that and I had to step back and look just to be sure I was looking at the right you know okay all right that's mike all right this is a little different and Mm -hmm. he showed that he wanted it and to 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 take him lightly at this point i think is a mistake and he's he's there okay so to play
2: devil's advocate that can go both ways because mike is good at starts and at daytona at daytona it was a no-brainer especially in tier four i mean it was no-brainer for me okay um but if you get a good start in the, in a pro race, maybe even more so at a national, at an outdoor track. And then, I mean, I'm not saying this would happen to Mike, but just figuratively speaking, you get a good start and you start getting steamrolled by these guys. Uh, I mean, that can, can be a mental, like that can be something. So I just, I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, yep. but yeah, I mean, Mike puts himself in good position. And I do think, uh, again, I'm just, I just said that to play devil's advocate, but Uh, you know, he's, he is mature, you know, more so than some of those, you know, other rookies. I mean, he's more mature than that. He's a little bit older. He's got a, he's got a, uh, got a, probably a different perspective than some of them just with where he's at in life. Um, So, so I do think that that, I mean, it's obviously not a bad pick there. Um, I do think that those three riders are probably going to find each other on the racetrack. Oh, no doubt.
3: They're going to be, there.
2: They're going to be able to duke it out for the the top tier spot uh, in in tier three there, um, and this is a tough one for me because I like Mike. I mean, we got a we got a history racing against each other, uh, you know, in, in twenty five plus. Um, so you know, I I, I want to see Mike do well. Uh, I picked Cody Ford last year and this year both to be my most improved pro, and I know people close to the situation expect a whole lot more out of Cody. They expect him to be in that tier two mix. Um, so, and he's a, he's a guy that's got a podium. So, uh, his ceiling is high. Um, but I'm going Logan Stanfield and this is the, this was the tier that I had to do the least thinking about for me, (laughs) because I think that Logan, I think that Logan is like, so watching what we saw last year, Logan shouldn't be in tier three. It's like, or or there should be a tier three and it's like, he's the only guy because I do feel like he has the potential to be, a step ahead of those guys. And maybe he's, you know, maybe he's up in tier two mixing it up with those guys, or maybe he's just a touch off from them. But I do think he's got the potential to be a step ahead of those other tier three riders. So for me, it's Logan Stanfield. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see some of that pick trend with Logan Stanfield that we saw with max at Daytona, where you see, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see 50, 60 plus percent of people taking Logan here, but then at the same time, I mean, I don't know if, you know, Cody Ford, one of these weekends is going to show us, going to show us something. Uh, I think, you know, cause we've been hearing it here on the show. We, you know, we talked to his mechanic, uh, you know, Nick Hickey and uh, he kind of filled us in there, but Mike too, man, he's just I feel like he's going to be consistent. So tier three man, maybe I was more, more, more sure about it before I started talking about it, but I'm still going to stick with Logan Stanfield. I think that he's a solid pick there. And I think that uh, he's going to look to be a step ahead of where he was kind of in, in at least where it shook out with him uh, at Daytona. I feel like he's surely going to be better than that going forward. I, I don't know how else to say it.
3: Yeah. You, you really, you know, in that tier, you really Regardless of who you pick, I don't think you have a bad pick at any. They're all, they're all good picks. Those three guys are all good picks. Yeah. And you know, I went down to Daytona and I was down there a little early, which was kind of cool, which last year flying down this year, I drove down. um, Watching the way Mike went about his practices and he had Thomas Brown there, um, you know, and, and they were working on things. Yep. Watching him put in a full moto, I can see that from my point of view, whereas I can't see the other riders, but I mean, that kind of played into my factor and why I picked Mike. And I sure. think that's going to, going to really show outdoor in Texas. Hey, and hey, and I've said,
2: so when I went, when I went pro, I must've been, I don't know, 21, 20, 21, 22, something like that. And at that point. And at that point you're such a kid yet. And I, and I've been saying that if I could go back and be 27, 28, like I am now um, I feel like it would be night and day. Cause at the, at that point it was like every, every practice, every jump, every lap, every, everything. It was like the whole world depended on this. And I wish, I wish I could go back now, and now I've, I'm too. I'm in too. I'm in too deep doing digging deep and all this stuff. I <laughs> got way too much stuff going on, but I would love to go back now and be at the mental state I am now, where I'm just having a ball riding my quad. There's no pressure, and just knowing like, hey, my 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 physical ability or my you know my 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 ability on the four wheeler puts me here. Don't put any pressure on yourself. Just go ride. And I do feel, I do get that sense from Mike that it's like, even though these are his first pro races, he's just going to go out and do be the same Michael Allred that we've seen him be for the last two, three years that I've been, you know, really following him. Um, and I do feel like, I mean, that's why, again, it's a little, little harder now that he's in tier three, but as a tier four pick, I mean, he was a no brainer for me because you know, he was going to be solid.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, it's kind of, kind of comical too. Now, I guess once you become a pro you, you and your, your wife have to have a kid. So <laughs> they've got, they've got Revan on the way and uh, that's, that's pretty cool. So congrats to them on that. Uh, they were, uh, they were pretty cool. And um, talking to them, he just really seemed like, like you said, he just going out there, riding, having fun, keeping his, you know, keeping his composure. And I think that's the biggest, aspect of Michael, I think that's going to benefit him in the long
4: run.
2: Yeah, I agree. He's right there. Yep. He's just steady. And that's what you can expect out of him. So uh, that's, that's, I just, uh, last comment I'm going to make on it is I don't want to just pass by it because that's not what's expected of you when you're a rookie. That's not the norm. It doesn't matter how right. old you are or whatever. That's not the norm. So uh, credit to Mike and, and, and yeah, we're, we're cheering for him. So that's a, that's a tough tier to pick there. Um, so then the guys that are left make up tier four guys like Y tech, the Polish rider, um, Michael Perkins, Cesar Jimenez, uh, Ty Hudson, etc. There's going to be more guys in there obviously than that um, who will be rounding out your four man, uh, team there, Josh for, uh, who's your, who's your tier four rider, you know, and it, <laughs> and it was Mike, it was Mike. So you can't just, can't just pick the same rider. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm actually going to go with the, uh, the pride of Poland on this one. I'm gonna go with Witek. Um, Ytech, Ytech, coming off a of top 10, made a last lap pass to earn that top yes. 10 pretty impressive there. So congrats to him. He's also a digging deep listener. So, uh, we're fans of his for sure. Uh, he, uh, he shot us a message and said, he'd love to be on the podcast sometime. So we're going to get him on sometime soon for sure. Uh, I feel like
3: that's a solid pick. So tell me, tell me why. Um, you know, unfortunate, you know, in the start, he got, got bottled up into that whole start. Um, but to see, you know, the, the adaptation and, and how quickly he adjusted from the riding style overseas to the Daytona track, um, I'm excited to see what he does in Texas. Um, I think we definitely saw the speed. We saw the, the drive there. So I think um, I think he's going to be a force to reckon with in that, in that tier. And who's to say he doesn't, you know, place well enough and, and get bumped up.
2: Sure. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, especially early on going to the first outdoor races here. I mean, yes, there's going to be some fluctuation because we're still trying to figure out where all these guys fit. Um, so it was really insightful to hear what Gloop said, um, about, you know, the, the bigger jumps and stuff for these guys are foreign to them, at least somewhat, because that's not what they ride in Europe. Um, So obviously he, he was impressive to us at the, at at Daytona there, but this is going to be a different type of track, not that different. And there's also, if it's like the last time we were there, there was no, there was no gigantic make or break jumps. Like it was all pretty safe and, and, and stuff like that, but it will be interesting to see how um, you know, how it all plays out for him at this Um, You know, first outdoor race, how he stacks up there, but yeah, Y tech, I feel like he could very easily be the pick trend there. I feel like he could be the the guy that's going to get most of the picks there because we saw him in the top 10. Um, But if he races, I think I'm going to go with McCain Richards. Texas okay. guy, Texas guy, fast on that track. He finished runner up to pro uh, to to Max Linquist in pro am last year, last season. So if you remember, he beat Michael Allred for the overall uh, second place finish there in pro am. So I think he could be a sleeper pick. I I I would have liked to keep that in my back pocket and not even <laughs> tell it to anybody. But I do think that he could be a good pick there. Um, I'm always worried too. In, in time qualifying will tell us who's all there. But feel like people, some people put too much, put too much stock in how time qualifying goes. Cause especially when you're getting into these tier four riders, you got to think of fitness. You got to think of program. You got to think of equipment. You got to think of all the whole combination. Who's going to be the most solid. Who's going to make it till the end of the race. Who's going to do all the laps hard. And, yeah. uh and I, and I I feel like he could, he could be that guy, but again, he's a rookie. He's never raced a pro race before. Um, so, so, uh, it's kind of a question mark, but I think he would be my pick if he, if he is racing and I'm assuming being that he's got a pro license, um, we're going to, we're going to see him in Texas. I would
3: think. Yeah. Everybody go pick him that way. I got at least one up and I can get some points back out of this deal.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, so I wondered, and this is something that, that would have been fun as a rider, I feel like when I was a when I was a pro rider. I wonder if these guys like know who's in their tier because then you know it's like, oh, you know, I'm expected to, you know, compete against this guy. Like I oh, wonder yeah, that because sure. as a as a and I've said this, I think I was a fan of the sport almost to a fault. As a pro rider, that I knew too much about these guys. I was still too much fans of these guys. I knew what was all, you know, I followed them, I watched all the videos, I whatever. Uh, so I wonder if, like, I would know who was in my tier, right? Yeah. And, and, And I wonder if it would be a little bit more motivation. Like there were certain guys that I wanted to beat more than other guys. And I was not thinking about how tired I was. I was going to go beat that guy. And I had certain guys that it felt like I could get them at the end of every moto. Like I just could, because I pushed myself to do it. Yeah. And I wonder if this plays into any of that, you know, we got a, we got a couple of riders, Bryce Ford, uh, some of these guys that are playing with us. And I just, I wonder if, um, if that, if, if it's even a thought for any of these guys, you know, cause oh, we I'm got, sure. we got, we got guys like, like Casey Greek, and I'm sure there's going to be more people that do it that, you know, we hear stories of them going up to the riders saying, Hey. I got you on my fantasy team today. So you better perform, better show up. (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. So uh, I feel like that's a cool thought. And, and I don't even mean it in a, in a pressure way. It's almost like a good pressure. Like, Hey, you know, if it was me and I know I'm stacked up against rider, a, B and C, Hey, I want to beat them guys. So on the top, you know, it's like I'm winning my tier. I mean, that's how I, when I was trying to explain how this game was going to work, it's like, Hey, they're winning the race of, tier three or they're winning the right. race up tier four, whatever. So, uh, I feel like, um, you know, I just, it's almost celebrity like, status like I them. wonder, it's almost yeah, like it's I like wonder
3: celebrity status. They're like, I don't want to be a C lister. I'm better than that. You know, it's, <laughs> it's going to fire
2: them up, you know? Well, and, and, and gloop did say that to us. Uh, he said to me, he's like, how many guys did you piss off by, you know, putting them in, in, you know, a certain tier or whatever, but I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's all I don't want to say obvious, but I mean yeah. they're all like those are the guys they race against, like those are the guys that they compete against. Yep. And uh in in like I said, some of them it's kind of a logic thing. It's like, okay, I can't put them in this tier because every single person would pick them if they're in such and such a tier. So yeah. uh and, you I mean, I've, put you somewhere else. Right. And I've said before, if some guys kind of start to distance each other or distance themselves from the other guys, we'll add a tier. You know, we have that ability, we'll have we'll have five tiers, like. No big deal. So, um, going to be really fun. I just wonder what it's like to be, to be a, uh, rider. And then if you know about the game, um, how that plays into things, but, uh, yeah, so, so good picks there. Uh, I feel like it's going to be really exciting. I want to touch on the amateur thing before, before we get out of here. Um, what what about the amateurs? Like, what amateur riders are you most excited to see as we kick off the the twenty twenty one season? I know you've spent some time at you know racetracks and in down south and and yeah stuff already this season. So I'm just wondering, um, what guys are you most excited
3: to see? Yeah, I, uh, I the amateur side of things is, I guess where I spend a lot of my time in watching riders. Um, this which is why which is why i asked yeah well you know and this year gonna be a little different you know and chasing and chasing the pros and stuff like that but um mm-hmm. with the women mx now we've got them on the same day as the pros um i definitely my wild card pick and i'm gonna i'm gonna say it right now i'll go on a limb Neam shaw takes the season win i i think she's got takes the takes the championship yes oh wow I, I will be bold um, it's gonna be a battle we know Andrea can ride I just think that I just think that this year Niam's um, putting in a little extra I think she wants it a little bad a little a little more um, okay so I think that's gonna be you know the the women's side um, okay pro I'm gonna I'm gonna go
2: ahead and disagree with you there but okay so so in in and I'll say. Wasn't many years ago. And it looked like, like on the, on the two fifties and stuff looked like Shaw was going to smoke everybody. Like I would have said she was going to walk the women's class for as long as she, as long as she raced. That's the way it looked. Um, and Andrea's just been on a tear, man. Andrea has been, has been so good. Um, and, and, you know, I have close connections with her. We heard about that on some of the previous episodes and stuff, but, uh, Andrea, Andrea gets the three pete she does.
3: Yeah. I, I think she'll get three. I don't think this year. I think, it, oh, <laughs> I'm just, okay. I, I'm just, I'm going on You're just. I'm,
2: you, I'm, you, you also just like to be different, Josh. You absolutely. like to, you like, you like to throw out the hot takes out there. Absolutely. Uh, I like it. I like <laughs> it. You gotta, you gotta love it.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> you've got pro-am uh, pro sport, pro stock, whichever. Um, I think that class is going to be fun to watch. Um, You got Blair Miller that's jumping out of the 450 classes and that's going to be his two classes for the year. Um, He's been putting in a lot of work. He's been down south. He's been spending time at Deckers training with Chad Reed. Um, He's definitely cross training. Um, Seeing him put in some work locally under the radar. um, I definitely think that's going to be one to watch. Um, Unfortunately, um, due to recent injury, Cale Deal. Um, broke his femur he's going to be out for a while I think he was going to be one to watch um, the 450 a class is going to be stacked I'm going to call that a mini pro section the riders that are in there you got JJ Launderville Dane um, Corey Edwards Sh- um, Shimon Stirk. that's going to be a solid 450 class um, college is pretty much the same class there mm-hmm. well, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, always a threat, Mason Jackson. He spent time down at Deckers. He's looking fast. Um, you know, it's it's just going to be. There's going to be a lot, and I think the other the other side of things, you've got on the minis. Um, Gloop just shared a video of um, Dev and Sloniker. You know, that that little guy from last year to this year is ripping. So it's not just the the big bikes. In the amateur side, mm-hmm. the little guys are fun to watch. And I think they put in, you know, the seat time and enjoy it. So mm-hmm. amateur side is gonna be fun to watch, both from all the way from the A450A all the way down to the to the 90s to the, the 50s.
2: Mm-hmm. See, I, I always think that the beginning of the season is so fun to track, so fun to watch because there's always guys that come out of nowhere and start mixing it up with guys that you didn't think that they would mix it up with. I've been that guy before. That's always fun for me to see yes. uh, guys that come out of nowhere, put their name in the mix. I like that. And then it's always cool to, cause nobody, you know, I mean, you have an idea on, on some of the guys, but you don't like, we don't know. You go to the first race, not knowing where everybody is going to sign up, what classes they're going to run, all these things. Uh, I feel like that's always cool to see like where everybody's going to shake out because there's riders, whether it's going from, you know, 250s to 450s or just, or B to A or, you know, whatever from A to the pro-ams. There's guys that take serious steps forward. I don't mean in signing up for a different class. I mean, with their riding, they take major leaps forward, major improvements. That's always fun to see for me. I feel like there's never... Like the first race always has such a such a just a different feel, an interesting feel because you don't know where everybody's gonna fit in. And uh and and that's always fun to see. If if you're gonna tell me, if you're gonna ask me one rider, uh you're I'm excited to see. Um, obviously Zach Decker in in pro am and pro stock is gonna be someone to watch. I'm not breaking any news there. Um, but other than that, it's kind of like talk to me after this race, after we see who's signing up where after we see some of the battles we could see all summer yep. long after we see, you know, some of the, some of the, um, you know, improvements riders made switches, they made all these things. It's like, talk to me after that. And then we're going to know what classes, you know, cause we all got classes that we want to watch every weekend after this race we will kind of know more than yep. we know going in. So it's, it's like, I'll get back to you after that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. And I mean, like Rodney said the name the name that's most fun to say in ATV motocross in the amateur side and you can probably guess what it is but I think the sleeper is going to be Wyndham Spooner um I just I I I don't know what it is but I just I have a feeling he's going to come out firing and moving up a class um you know I just think he'd be in B class now what's that B class now right um i i think so yeah because he was in c class he was in c class last year yep yep so i i think he's going to go through and if he has a spurt a growth spurt as far as advancement in his riding i did that's he's going to shake things up in 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 b class so it'll be fun to watch that as well
2: Awesome. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. Like I said, uh, it's always fun to see how everything shakes out at the first round. I think, um, you know, the that's on the horizon for us. It's going to be really exciting, really fun to see. Um, Josh, we didn't get to the Virginia thing, the new possible, I mean, we know you got something going on. We haven't touched on it yet. You didn't, didn't fill us in yet. Uh, what can you tell us about what's more going on in your personal life? I mean, obviously you're, you know, you live, you're from Michigan. Uh, there's some different stuff going on. What can you tell us about that?
3: Yeah. Um, well, I am no longer a Michigan resident. Okay. my home track. I was an hour and a half north of there, small town, Wayland. Um, I am now relocated down to Richmond, Virginia area. And and if anybody knows Richmond area, um, just south of there, there's a small uh, uh, drag racing facility, uh, Virginia Motorsports Park. And they also have a motocross track. Um, 2000, I want to say, I think it was 2007. uh, They had a national,
2: WPSA national there. Yes. And Kawasaki. Jeffrey Rostrelli passed me on the last lap. It's a terrible memory for me. <laughs> well, I, I got news for
3: you. You may be able to get yourself back there. Uh, I, l- I loved that track. at the. I am working right now with uh, Tyler Crosno. Um, he's a uh, facility vice president there. And um, I've spent the last three weeks working on the facility. Um, we've got some track prep planned for this weekend to turn some dirt and uh, work on things. We don't know exactly the opening date, um, but uh, we're looking at doing a soft ride with a few invite only. um, And then from that date, um, we'll revisit after Texas, what we plan to do for opening, but um, it's gonna give another facility um, option for riders in the area that's going to not only allow quads, um, because there's not many in the area that do but um, we're also gonna have mini, you know, it'll be bikes, but also mini bikes, mini quads, everything. Um, but awesome. like that, we've got a lot of work to do yet, and if you follow my page, we'll uh, we'll be releasing more info on that as it becomes available. Awesome. So this is a uh, this is a. Uh this is
2: like a full-time position for you at this point like this is a this is an opportunity for you to help them out put them put them on the map get things right and make it a place that people want to go this is what you're working on now
3: yeah absolutely um jump i come down here in february just as a vacation because sports in michigan weren't as active sure come down as a vacation and i stopped in just to chat with them and um I was talking with the, uh, the District 13 um, Vice President, uh, Carolyn Edwards, and she was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a few tracks down here. And I went over and, and I checked it out. And I knew Tyler through drag racing and okay. talked about it and kind of back and forth some ideas. And once I found out that they had a cross country loop as well as the MX track, um, I'm a cross country rider myself. That's what I enjoy doing. Okay. Um, I thought, you know what? I think this is going to be an opportunity. I thought about it while I was at Daytona. I came back, sat down in the office and looked at Tyler and I said, let's do it. So I drove back home, packed the car and came back and here I am. So. <laughs>
2: awesome. Awesome. That's a great to hear. Obviously
3: awesome opportunity for you.
2: It sounds like, uh, you know, good, good for the track to have you in their corner. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, when I saw, I I saw something that made me think, Virginia Motorsports Park. So I already knew, I didn't know what the extent of all this was, but I knew I was like, okay, I've been there. I know at the time it was sick. It was, it was cool. Yep. Um, like I said, I mean, WPSA that season or two there was just as prestigious as, as ATV nationals, if not a little more prestigious. Um, so they had, uh, they had a lot of, a lot of big stuff going on there at the time. And, uh, yeah, it'd be, be exciting, be exciting to put the place on the map because we saw the, saw the potential. So, uh, before we got out of here, I wanted you to be able to kind of talk about, um, talk about what you had going on there hopefully we can get some more quads over there and and do some riding and and that'd be uh that'd be a lot of fun so um what what about anything
3: go ahead go ahead it's it's nice because it's right on the way you know for for a lot of people coming out of the northeast and ohio area or even from michigan for that fact you know if they're coming down 85 95 the tracks in between both of them so you can you know come down early and you know it just Shoot a message, whatever. Hey, here we're going to be open. Everything we posted, get some seat time, make a few adjustments, and you know, hey, we're right here. So that's perfect. Interesting. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. I wish
2: it was on my way, but Virginia, <laughs> is, this, Virginia is about as far out of the way when you come from Wisconsin. There we is no. Move down this way. There is no good way to get there. So, um, but but I would love to make a trip there to to check it out. I mean, it would bring back some bring back some good memories. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a cool place in a stay. Uh, okay, man. Uh, unless you have anything else, uh, that you want to touch on before, before we go, uh, we're going to get you out of here on that.
3: One other question for you. And I didn't, we didn't talk about this beforehand. Okay. What are the odds of seeing Cody Jansen as a lineup pick in the fantasy for 2021?
2: man, I would, I would like to, I, I did like I, like I said, I mean, I do feel like there's a ton of stuff on my plate. I mean, I, I write race reports for, for some of these guys in the game. Uh, you know, the, the podcast thing has taken on has taken on has become so much bigger than I ever thought it would be as far as, uh, how much time and effort we put into it. I would, I mean, there was years there after I, you know, cause I, I last raced the pro class in 2017, 18, I was, I was 100% for sure. I was going to jump to the pro class at some point, if not, you know, cause how it all went down, uh, is I didn't, I didn't go anywhere at the beginning of the season and train. So started racing 25 plus, um, felt like it would be good. Well, then Nick Moser was in there, former pro, uh, guy that I had raced with for forever and we ended up battling. And so then it was like, okay, I'm not going to, I mean, I'll just stay in the class because we're battling. So like, why would I move up? Right. Um, we were yarding everybody else, but it was still a good battle. Um, so then the next year I'm like, dang, well, you know, that championship got away from me. Now I, now I want to win the championship. So that's the year I battled with Mike, uh, and, you know, we're kind of distancing ourselves there. Uh, I was then had some misfortune and it was like, got in a position where I like needed to win all the races at the end of the year to win the championship, which I did and and won that championship by one point over Mike. Then last year was kind of like, well, it'd be cool to repeat, you know? Um, so that was the situation we're in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I would like to race some different stuff this year. I don't think I'm going to just line up and, and do the same thing again. And, 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 you know, try to three 25 plus. That's not my, it's not my, my, not my plan at this point. I do want to race some different stuff. If it's the pro class, I don't know. I mean, Red red butter or or sunset. Well, I would love to, I would love to, uh, full disclosure. I rode once since three palms last year. Uh, (laughs) I've raced at three palms. Uh, I rode like one or one, weekend after that maybe like the weekend after the weekend after that at walnut illinois which actually at sunset ridge which was actually before south of the border because i remember talking to laundervilles that weekend yep. and they filled me in on what all had to happen for jj to championship so yeah it was actually so i haven't ridden since before the last i mean i've ridden my dirt bike but yeah. i haven't ridden my quad since before uh since bef- before south of the border last year. Um, so yeah, I mean, need to get my stuff in order. I, I, man, I would love to throw my hat in the ring. I'd love to be in the game. I was already telling you, like, I'd love to know yeah. who I wanted to beat to be the top guy. Um, and, and it was funny because, you know, the rules, the rules, like I always wanted to race pro-am and 25 plus, but the rules didn't allow it. Like, that's why I didn't do it. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of where I was at with that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I would love to, I'm going to race some different stuff. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, cause two years ago I would have said, oh yeah, I'm going back to the pro class for sure. I mean, that was my plan. If nothing else, I was going to do it at Ironman in 2019 at the end of the season, then digging deeps co- becoming a big deal and I need to go cover it as digging deep, right? Like that's literally what happened. Yep. So, digging deep is a big enough deal now that I, I just, I don't foresee myself. I mean these kids are fast, right? Like, but then again, I like man, I, I like you want to like see a, where you stack up. Well, well, I look and I'm like, well, I can I'm as fast as Michael Allred. Like I can go Mike's speed. So <laughs> you know, like I'm like, man, I I don't know, maybe I should just do it. So I don't know. We'll see. Um it is gonna be fun. Uh I just can't wait to get back to the races. I, I can't wait to uh Go do some do some racing. The longer you're away from it, you always get this feeling in the off season or whatever after you've been down for a while. But it always you always want to get you just want to get back out there. Like I, I miss the races so much. I miss miss those feelings you get at the racetrack. So uh glad that the the season is kind of um, you know, it's creeping up on us. It's right around the corner. And uh just so excited to get back to the racetrack. It's gonna be exciting. I need to get my need to get my racing, my hmm. racing program in line. Like uh I feel like I've spent so much time on digging deep stuff and fantasy and all this stuff that, uh, my, my own stuff has been lagging a little bit. I was just telling Brooke, uh, today that it's like, this is a foreign feeling for me. Like for the last decade, my, my racing, not last year, I guess, but my racing had been, you know, the number one priority for, for what I do, uh, that in school, I guess. And, uh, yeah, now it's like digging deep is front and center and the rest of everything just kind of falls in line. So, um, I don't know. We'll see maybe at the end of the year. I don't know. I'm not (laughs) going to say, I guess I'm not going to say no either.
3: Right. Right. Yeah.
2: But it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. I, uh, like I said, I, Seems like I, I do so much stuff for this, this pro class now, obviously we got the game, obviously we got, uh, you know, digging deep stuff and talking about it and all these things. And then, like I said, I do some writing for, uh, you know, some of these teams and riders and stuff too. So, uh, a lot, lot I'm, I'm involved in the pro class, really involved, Josh, right. really involved, just not on the track. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I hear that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you know how it is, but, uh, yeah, man, if you don't have anything else, uh, this has been a really, really fun conversation. I love these conversations like this. It gets the juices flowing. I say it, I think it's cliche, but it is actually true at the same time that the next best thing to, to going out there and racing is talking about it like this. And, uh, think, uh, it always, I, I come away from these conversations being way more excited for the races than I was previously. So I hope that, uh, the listeners feel the same way.
3: Yeah, most definitely. I think they're, uh, they're in for a treat at Texas and I, I'm, I'm hoping there's some shakeups, but, uh, I'm hoping I can accumulate some points and get somewhere on the, the (laughs) top. yeah,
2: yeah, it should be, should be really fun. It's, uh, it's fun for people to have to put their money where their mouth is, right? Like you, you get to see where people actually stack up in their, uh, you know, predicting abilities or whatever, but, sometimes like we saw at Daytona, um, you know, some, some things happen, and then uh, the whole board changes. Like as soon as Joel has a problem, everything changes in the entire game. So, uh, it'll be, it'll be really exciting, but, uh, pal, I can't thank you enough, uh, obviously for your time again, for your input and everything that went into this, uh, really appreciate your, uh, your passion. Uh, again, like we had tons of people that wanted to, that wanted us to get you back on. Uh, yeah. so, so super exciting, super glad to do that. And, uh, yeah, just wanted to thank you again and wish you safe travels as you go to Texas and all the stuff above congratulate you on all the great stuff you have going on in your personal life from, from the series stuff to the, the racetrack stuff there in Virginia and everything in between. And, uh, yeah, just want to thank you, congratulate you, wish you well, and, uh, tell you, we'll see you soon.
3: Sounds good. Thanks, Cody. We'll see you in a couple of days in Texas.
2: Awesome. Thanks, pal. That's pH three photos, Josh Klein brought to you by Yamaha and their industry leading YFC 450 R. Thanks again, pal. See you soon. See you later. Welcome to the team. Two-time champ, Joel Hetrick, who dropped the biggest news of the off season when he announced his move to CST tires, the CST takeover has been gaining momentum over the past several seasons. Now Joel Hetrick and his Phoenix Racing teammate Jeffrey Rastrelli are the most recent additions. The Pulse MXR tire has helped lead riders like Thomas Brown to race wins and three consecutive Quad Cross of Nations titles, Nick Janusa to the pro class podium, myself Cody Jansen as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound on rears, to back-to-back national championships in the Junior 25 Plus class, and the most recent additions have us thinking a Pro-Class national championship is on the horizon for CST tires. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Visit shop.csttires.com to join the CST takeover today, or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rostrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many others are believers in CST tires. Are you? CST tires, where passion meets the ground. You already know we're Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATV-MX podcast. Whether it's second all-time winningest, seven-time, and reigning ATV-MX Pro-Class National Champion Chad Wienan, or six-time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler. It's clear the podium-proven Yamaha YFC 450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This unprecedented success for the YFC 450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undeniable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has created a Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Better yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and even stronger for 2021, meaning Yamaha riders are about to cash in on higher payouts and more prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race squads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability as well as a longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, and everywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at valvoline.com. SSI Decals is a name synonymous with ATV Racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Wienan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and, oh yeah, six-time NHRA World Champion, Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for as decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep MX podcast is brought to you in part by DID in their range of championship-winning chains. Powered by technology, DID chains are designed to give you the greatest strength-to-weight ratio, making them the optimal chain for racing and giving you a championship-level edge. D.I.D. has been driving championship-winning race programs since 1933, chosen by champions such as Chad Wienen, Joel Hetrick, and myself, Cody Jansen. Champion above the rest is D.I.D.'s 520 ATV2 chain, with those same design principles and materials being used throughout their entire line of products, including their on-road category as well. Pick up a D.I.D. chain today at your local dealer or reputable online e-tailer. What drives you?
4: We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, that allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits. Visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Numira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits, Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride available exclusively through distributors around the world. Visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. Foreworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Works has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust Works for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. Works Carbon always working hard to bring high quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. All
2: right, guys, this next guest is someone many of us, who many of us, including myself, had had super high hopes for this season. Um, But we know by now he was putting a pretty... Difficult position to make a difficult decision for the 2021 season. So, here to talk about all that and more. Brought to you by Blenders Eyewear. Use discount code deep 20 at blenderseyewear.com for 20% off the world's coolest and most affordable eyewear. Say hello to Mr. Alan Myers. What's up, my man? Thanks for uh thanks for fitting us into your schedule here.
0: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on.
2: So full disclosure, uh, I wanted to talk to you around, uh, you know, the time of Daytona um, and and you had just announced that you were going to be sitting out the 2021 season for some personal reasons. But uh, honestly, I thought it may have been, you know, a little too raw, a little too emotional um, to really talk about at that time. And you had also sat down with Rip It Up Films. Uh, you know, and I assumed that everybody would have saw that, you know, that, that video there, uh, but we were still getting messages of people asking about your absence, uh, at Daytona. So, um, kind of just wanted to bring you on kind of cover, cover that topic, cover some other stuff, talk about some current racing, some happier thoughts as well. So, um, first of all, what can you, what can you tell us about, uh, that decision to sit out this season? I have to assume that that was, uh, a difficult one. I can't even imagine.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a tough decision for me. Like you said, like you can, uh, you can see the emotion in my face in that video that rip it up did. And actually I wasn't even going to do that video. I was just gonna, you know, leave it at the post I made on my social media and, you know, leave it at that. But, you know, a bunch of rumors started and, you know, people were calling me upset thinking I was, you know, mad at them. So I was like, all right, you know, I need to clear the air, I'll let everyone know what's going on. But yeah, so basically, um, you know, I was down here training and I knew this year was going to be tough to get by um, as far as funding. And uh, so about halfway through my training, maybe not halfway, probably month, maybe two months into my training, uh, I got a call and they said that I wouldn't be able to receive my funding anymore. And, you know, at first I was like really tore up about it. You know, I pretty much right after the call, I, you know, started cleaning everything and loading up the trailer and you know i was ready to go home and you know finish up school and go to work mm-hmm. and um you know i thought about it and you know i kind of asked myself is this really what i want to do do i want to just you know give up on it like that or do i want to you know try to make an effort to keep on doing this and that's what i did so i started calling around and you know kind of trying to get some help and things to get a lot of help really fast you know i didn't really realize you know, I know I was surrounded by really good people, but I didn't really realize, you know, the people around me cared about me racing that much. And that really opened my eyes to a lot of things and kind of motivated me a lot more to, you know, push to do it. So, yeah, so I started getting funding. I got I got funding really fast and, you know, it started looking great. I was really excited. You know, I was in the best shape of my life. But, you know, I'm still in really good shape. I've still been training. Mm-hmm. My riding was you know, just where I left off at the end of the year last year, you know, I was super confident and it just, you know, between keeping my bikes together and just, you know, stupid little things happening, you know, you know, a couple hundred bucks here, a couple thousand here, you know, it was just like, man. And, um, you know, it just got really tough on me. I had a lot on my plate that I wasn't really ready for, I guess. I, I didn't plan on it. So it was kind of, there was a lot of weight on my shoulders and, um, you know, I started kind of thinking about it more level-headedly, I guess, you know, I, you know, um, I figured if, I don't know, how do I word this? Uh, I kind of took it as a business perspective, you know, do I just try to make it this year and just barely get by, you know, with all the stress and everything like that, or, do I take a year off and get everything ready and, you know, come out swinging. Mm -hmm. And for me, I I felt like that was the best case scenario in the longevity case of it. But yeah, So 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 that's, I
2: I was going to say, I mean, I feel like it's a really honorable decision, honestly, Uh, you know, to know, especially like, even if uh, for your sponsors and everything else, like to know that you didn't want to go half asset, you know, like, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a really honorable thing. So to think that you want to get all your ducks in a row so you can be the best version of yourself in, in 2022. Um, man, I feel like I can, I can tell like how difficult of a decision it must've been, but I also give you a ton of credit because, um, it's hard to go away from what you know. You know, so what, you know, is, I mean, we all do it like you do just enough to get, not just that you don't do just enough to get by, but you, you scrape your pennies together and you get by and you go racing and you, you get by that way. Well, to, but it's difficult to do it in the pro class that way. So um, it's, it's, it's impossible to compete in the pro class that way. So to want to become. Uh, you know, or put yourself in a position where you can have the best program you can have and roll that out for next season. Um, it sucks for, for, uh, like for us, for fans. I mean, we want to see you out there, but it also is exciting to know that, Hey, you're going to come out next year, like ready to rip. And you're also uh, because I remember, I don't know if it was conversations we had on here or conversations you and I had somewhere else or whatever, but the grind like gets to, gets to people. Like it gets to all of us. Like the race is running together and spending all this money. Just like you said, it adds up so fast. The, the grind happens and it starts to suck some of the fun out of it. Well, think about where you're going to be at at the beginning of next year, you're going to be more in love with it and more ready to go racing probably than ever before.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And that was a huge part of it. You know, I felt like if I kept doing what I was doing and struggling and, you know, just trying to make it by, I Mm -hmm. felt like by the end of the season, I would just be like, you know, what, forget about racing. You know, I'm not having any more fun and that's that. And, um, you know, I'm, incredibly grateful for the opportunity that the deckers have given me you know i get to you know stay here and train and work out with zach and you know help him out and um i'll be at all the races so like i I pretty much got the dream job right now and i'm you know just super grateful for that and i think that's really i think at the end of the day it was best case scenario you Mm -hmm. know so and, so,
2: and I, and I love that we're having this conversation because it's got a different feel than what the last one did. And and that's why, like I said, I mean, with, with the rip it off films video, I'm it's awesome that you did it because people were asking so many questions and wondering why. Um, but now it's, I love to see that it's kind of, it's like, you're turning a corner a little bit and it's more, you know, okay. Like it's optimistic, like, Hey, like, this is for the better. Um, you know, and, and, and I just, I think that this is just awesome vibes. It feels, feels like you're in a good spot. So, uh, I wanted to ask you, and I know you're at Deckers now. Um, I was going to ask you what was filling your time now? Cause I was reading between the lines. I knew you were at Deckers. It seems like maybe you're, maybe you're helping out down there or kind of filling some voids for those guys. So t- t- tell me, uh, what's keeping you busy right now.
0: Yeah. So I've been, super busy doing uh riding schools and things like that you know for okay. the past two three weeks I've had a had a riding school you know if not every day every other day you know awesome. just super busy and uh, on top of that um you know I've been helping Zach out a lot you know with his motos and you know working out off the track stuff and okay you know that seems to be really helping him out a lot okay and helping me out too you know it kind of keeps me into it keeps me riding keeps me training in shape so
2: so I was going to say, yeah. I mean, too, like if if you take a year off, it's different than you taking a year off and being like away from the races. Well, you're going to be at the yeah. races, you're at a racetrack, you're with fast guys, you're riding with them, you're still training. Like it's, it's, I don't think you're really going to miss a beat, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly how I feel. You know, I'm not like, you know, super into it. Like I was, if I was racing, you know, I'm not worried about riding every single day. Right. You know, I'm just, it kind of get lapsed in and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. You know, last time I did, mo- um, you know, an actual moto was probably four or five days ago, which for me, you know, you know, coming into the second round, that would never happen. I'd be obviously motoing almost <laughs> every day, you know? Right. But yeah. I've, I've just been really enjoying it. You know, I've had a lot of fun and um, honestly, like I'm really grateful that, you know, everything's kind of happened. Like, you know, I've never had to really struggle before. So, to be able to, you know, do that and be able to learn from it and kind of, you know, have that knowledge is, you know, I'm definitely grateful for that at the end of the day, it was, you know, a bad situation, but you know, I, I took the best out of it and I learned from it. So.
2: Yep. No, of course. I think that for everybody, it happens at a different time where you, I, I, I mean, like learning the worth of a dollar isn't really what I'm talking about, but like how much, like how hard it is to, to like scrape together all this effort. And when you're younger, it's like, it's like you, it's hard to imagine. Cause you're not the one working for it. Like, even if you see your parents, yeah. like you're the same way, like you saw your parents working their tails off to give you everything that you, you know, the opportunities you had. like, it was the same thing for me when I was young, but it's still different when you're the one, like, like trying to put it together. Right. So um, I feel feel like when you do learn that you're exactly right. Like you think of it as a business. So why invest X amount now, when you know that you're not going to get it on the backside, when you can Mm -hmm. save, save all that up, put it all into next year and man, you could, I mean, you could, I mean, I, I said this before, but the, the third year of a pro rider's career is often the one where they take the biggest step forward. That's why we had such high hopes for you this year. I'm hoping that we can just like, like pause that and hopefully pick up yeah. where you take that big leap forward. I mean, that's really what I'm
1: hoping for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still feel super confident in my riding, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like if, if I did, you know, get to race a pro race this year you know I'm, i wouldn't be you know worried about finishing bad you know right um i've always kind of been the type of rider like you know you place however you know the effort you're going to put into it you might have some mistakes but at the end of the day you know we train all this time to work on not making mistakes so you know it shouldn't happen Absolutely. But you know, I, yeah, like I said, I still feel super confident in my riding and my fitness and everything like that.
2: And, we're looking forward to seeing you, you know, back at the races, obviously, whenever that happens, it, looking like maybe 2022, but you were surely going to be somebody to, uh, you know, a, a favorite to claim some podiums this summer. And we're hoping that that can just happen next summer instead. So, um, so how about Zach Decker? I mean, you're seeing it firsthand. What, what do you expect out of him this summer? I think he's going to be gnarly.
0: Yeah, I, you know. I expect big things out of him. Um, he's been really stepping it up. And I've honestly, like, I've been proud of him, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the, I don't know if you remember the race. I was just actually, you know, messing with him earlier about it at uh, Muddy Creek last year. Okay. Where I think he pulled the whole shot, made a mistake, and, you know, jumped back. And then, you know, he was just making crazy mistakes. And,
1: I remember this. You know, that yeah. was
0: like. Yeah, like, you know, that was Zach Decker, wild rider, you know, and, (laughs) you know, now he's, it's like a completely different Zach, you know, he's controlled, he's smooth, he can, you know, run the, almost the identical lap times every single lap and they're fast lap times, you know, so I've been super proud of him, how, you know, how hard he's been working and everything like that.
2: Well, I feel like he's one of the guys that I think everybody's so excited to see. I mean, he was, um, you know, battling it out with Max Lindquist last year. And then to, you know, where those kids were at, at 16 or whatever is amazing. So to think that he's got a... Got another year of maturity, just you know, just being older in general. Um, it's gonna yeah. be really, gonna be really exciting. He's one of the guys that I think everybody's gonna be focusing on. And uh, as we talk about some other current racing stuff, uh, overall, what did you think about the racing at the the season opener? I mean, Chad wins again. Janusa looks like a whole nother rider. I feel like, um, you know, he looked like he took a step forward. Wesley Wolf, he was he had been down by down by you guys down mm-hmm. there. He earned his first podium of his career, just like you did a year ago. Um, so yeah. what's what. What stood out about, uh, about a crazy, uh, day of racing there at Daytona to kick off the 2021 season. What was your, what was your, some of your biggest takeaways of
0: that? Yeah. So I don't know if, like, I haven't actually watched a pro race in, you know, three years. <laughs> right. So
2: yeah. It's wild. Isn't that, it?
0: I don't know if that, I don't know if that's normal or if Daytona was just absolutely insane. Like I thought that was the craziest race I've ever watched in my life. It was just, <laughs> you know, carnage everywhere. Right. Right. And um yeah, there was definitely some standouts. Honestly, if I had to pick one standout that, you know, really got my attention, it was Max Lindquist. Um, you know, he took on, you know, Brendan Hogue and Wesley Wolf and uh who else was he battling with? Maybe maybe no, not Bryce. I think it was Wesley and uh and Hogue and yep. you know, he really held his own and I was, you know, super stoked to see that. Um
2: he's, yeah, he's a good kid too. I mean to, he's yeah, yeah. he I just, it's hard to like fourth place in his first race, dude. I, 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 he looked and he looked the part. He looked like he didn't look like a dude going through it for the first time. It's just amazing.
0: Yeah. He definitely didn't look like he was out of his comfort zone or anything like that. And, you know, I'll be honest. Um, I, I said it a few times. I said, you know, max is going to be fast, but max hasn't had the you know that intensity that the pro class has, like they did in, you know, back when I was in pro am. I had, you know, quite a few guys in pro that were running pro am. You know, I had Wesley Wolf, Sam Rowe, uh, so when, know, just a few of those yeah. guys. I forget, like, the, the well, Parker and, the,
2: Parker and and it was uh, and you had like Casmeric in there at the time and the Mickelson yeah. brothers and so there was like there'd be races with with six or seven guys, but they were all gnarly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like I was a little bit, you know, worried, you know, he hasn't had that in a while. He hasn't had to really battle for a, mm-hmm. you know, a win. And I felt like that was going to be his struggle in the beginning of the season. Yep. You know um, I did not expect him to, you know, be able to take that type of intensity so well. So mm-hmm. I was super stoked to see that and, you know, Max and his family, they're great people. Mm-hmm. And I was super happy to see how well he did.
2: Yeah. It's going to be really exciting. It's going to be exciting to see where he goes from here. Um, but yeah, he looks like a guy that can run, you know, be able to run those, that pace or with at least with that group for, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future, uh, going forward. So that starting point is amazing. Um, okay. So Mm -hmm. Daytona, Daytona 2020, uh, you win your heat race and then you, uh, you back it up with a podium in the main. I'm sure that's a day that you're going to never forget. I'm sure you, you think about it all the time. Uh, first podium yeah. of your uh, professional career there. Um, so Nick Janusa and Wesley Wolf both had, you know, very similar openers to what you did last year. So uh, I was curious to kind of hear um, your like, like give us a glimpse into your mind because that's going to be very similar to what those guys are going to experience here going forward after such a good uh, performance at the opener. Uh, does a rider after that, like, um, did you feel pressure because you podiumed and now you have to back it up or was it more like a boost of confidence, uh, now that you kind of proved it to yourself and everybody else that you could do it?
0: Yeah, it was definitely more of a boost of confidence. Um, but you know, after my podium, you know, that's right before COVID hit. And then we had that big break. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had all that confidence. I was super excited to get to the next round and it's like, all right, you got to wait two months to ride again. So that that was kind of a bummer for me, but you know, I went into, into Georgia, you know, super confident. Like, you know, I, I told myself I was coming out on the box Mm -hmm. and, you know, honestly, I felt like after the race, it was probably one of my worst races of the year, as far as my riding. And it really, it didn't affect my confidence. You know, I knew I, 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 seen what I had to work on and I took that and I said, all right, if I want to get another podium, this is what I got to do. And I kind of started to every race after that, I started to pick, you know, one big thing that I felt like I struggled with or somebody else was better at with, you know, than me mm-hmm. and I worked on that and, you know, it seemed to help me a lot throughout the year.
2: Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how those guys handle it. But for you, uh, I really felt like, and like you said, I mean, there was that big break and that was, those are unprecedented times and everything like that. But I do feel like you kind of rode the momentum of that, you know, impressive Daytona performance because, you know, you earned three more top five finishes, uh, which, you know, they're not podiums, but top five is so gnarly in that class. And, you know, until uh, a few bouts of, you know, misfortune at the very end of the season, which is obviously not the way you wanted to end it, but you were in position to, you know, to finish as a top five pro, which is incredible. You were a favorite to win our digging deep, most improved pro award that all just all of that went down at the, at the very end of the season, like in the last three motos or whatever, um, which stunk. But uh, I have to feel like, you know, I know it ended on a sour note, but as a whole, you were riding incredibly. And that's uh, I mean, that's really why, you know, everybody was so high on you coming into this season is because it was the whole year last year that you were strong. It wasn't just the beginning and you were strong at the end. You were running up front at the very end. It just misfortune happened. And uh, the box score didn't show how well you were actually
0: riding. Yeah. Yeah. So actually at the banquet, Rodney asked me, um, you know, what was your favorite race? And he said, Oh, I, I bet you, I can, you know, guess Daytona. Sure. And I was like, you know, actually my favorite race, My most memorable race was the race that I got dead last in both motos. Um, That's at south of the border, you know, Mm -hmm. first moto. I was in fourth place with a half lap to go and motor let go, you know, nobody's fault. It just happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But I felt like I was riding great. You know, I felt like I was at, you know, the highest I've ever been as far as my riding level. Second moto, we, we don't have a spare motor. So we pull the motor out of my practice bike. It's got a ton of hours on it, throw it in the race bike and, you know, just cross my fingers that this thing makes it. And, um, you know, I was riding great again. I made a pass on, I believe I passed Thomas and Jeffrey in the same section, but I made a mistake, you know, not too far after that and got passed back. But, you know, I felt like I was there. Like I felt like my speed was there, even though I was, pretty far underpowered I felt like I was you know there and that actually got me excited to you know get back training but yeah so towards the end of that moto um I could just feel the motor start to lose power and it was just that triple in the middle it was you know the bike was losing power every lap I tasted just a little bit more every lap and uh just that one lap I came up just in the perfect spot and it you know seat bounced me off and (laughs) You know, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of my helmet, but it split my helmet completely in two. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was my that was my most memorable race for sure. I felt like my riding was definitely at a high.
2: What a yeah, what a heartbreaker! Because yeah, I'm I'm thinking, how does that happen in two motos where you're running up front? And uh, I mean, yeah, I think it was like the best you rode all year. Uh, and then to find Mm -hmm. out that you're on a practice bike in the second moto, um, that's, that's, that's incredible. But yeah, I mean, that's, like I said, that's why we were so high on you. So uh, like I, like I said, I mean, I'm hoping that we can just take all of that and you're still training, like you're not, you know, you're not grinding, but you're still training. You're still on the bike. You're still, um, you're still, you know, going after it. And I feel like, um, when, like going back to the races, like I said, you're just going to be rejuvenated and I'm hoping that that turns into a huge year next year for you. And, and, um, knowing that, uh, you know, you're you're shooting for this 2022 return i feel like there's going to be a lot of people obviously behind you and i'm sure that your whole support group is going to stay there for you i feel like uh just all that in general is going to be going to going to come out well for you and obviously we're wishing you the best Uh, i want to talk about one last person um your buddy logan stanfield and i've been saying this for a few seasons now that you two are so similar uh i feel like he's Basically following directly in your footsteps, like he's um, you know just one year behind in the progression, but you two remind me uh, of each other so much um so what do you think yeah. we're gonna see out of Logan this season because I feel like uh, he could be primed for a season very similar to yours last year
0: yeah um you know I expect big things out of him too you know he's got you know I wouldn't say he's got you know crazy speed you know same with me, I wouldn't say I have crazy speed but you know, he can hit the same lap time every single lap without a single mistake. And he's just super smooth. And, you know, I've been really happy with what I've been seeing here, him at uh Decker's. And mm-hmm. you know, he's he's got a lot of confidence too. He's got a lot of people behind him. And, you know, I think I think I'll see some top fives, hopefully a hopefully a podium. You know, I'd love to see that. But yeah, I, I I expect big things out of him.
2: Yeah. I'm hoping, uh, like I said, I'm hoping that we could see a season like, like you had last year breaking into some more top fives and stuff like that for Logan. Uh, I think that would be, that would be really cool to see. I mean, he's going to be a hot pick for digging deep ATV MX fantasy at three palms. He's my tier three yeah. pick for sure. I, uh, really looking forward to that, looking to looking forward to seeing him flourish. And, uh, he's just such a good kid. I love seeing that kid do well. So, yeah. um, well, Alan, I, I give you a bunch of credit, uh, for making, you know, the difficult decision and, um, Obviously being so upbeat about it, um, difficult decision, but one that felt like it was right for, for your family, for your racing, for everybody involved there. So i give you a ton of credit for that. And just to, to hear the positivity in your voice, uh, you know, makes me feel good coming away from this conversation. And like I said, I look forward to forward to seeing you back at the races and uh, at the front of the pack sometime soon. I think, uh, like I said, like I've been saying, I think it's going to make it that much sweeter than it would have been if it happened this year.
0: Exactly. Yep.
2: So, uh, yeah, pumped to get you on, pumped to hear about the the decision, you know, the update on what you got going on down there at Decker's, um, you know, and, and chat about the current racing as well. So just wanted to thank you for joining us and, uh, giving you, a, giving us a little glimpse into what you got going on. And, uh, yeah, man, if you're going to be at the races and watching this stuff go down, you want to talk about racing, you're always welcome here. Cause, uh, the next best thing to, oh, yeah. to, to, to racing and being on the track is at least being able to talk about it.
0: Yeah. heck Yeah. Awesome. Awesome,
2: man. Well, congrats on everything. And uh, again, I just, I give you a bunch of credit for, uh, you know, having a smile on your face and uh, looking at the, looking at the, uh, the glass half full kind of perspective. That's always my uh, way of doing things too. So things could always be worse. And your perspective is, is so much. So to, to have a, uh, see a smile on your face and, and everything like that makes me happy. So just want to, uh, you know, wish you luck and we'll see you soon. And just want to thank you again for uh, joining us here.
0: I appreciate that. That means a lot to me.
2: Yeah, you're always welcome here, pal. That's Alan Myers, brought to you by Blender's Eyewear. Use code Digging Deep twenty at blenderseyewear dot Thanks again, buddy. We'll uh, we'll see you soon. And uh, like I said, you're always welcome here to talk about some more ATV motocross.
0: Thank you.
2: Thanks to our sponsor Manscaped. Manscaped is the global leader in below-the-waist grooming and an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. To ensure that you have the best tools for your family jewels, visit manscaped.com and use code DIGGINGDEEP20 for 20% off and free international shipping. Manscaped is here to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. The Lawnmower 3.0 electric trimmer is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Ceramic blade, advanced skincare technology, waterproof capabilities, it's simply the best. And Manscaped's Performance Package is the best buy of 2021. The Performance Package comes with a new and improved lawnmower 3.0, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Performance Boxer Briefs, a travel bag, deodorant, and soothing aloe toner. If you're listening, you know that good tools are key, so get the best tools for the job today. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DiggingDeep20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com by using code DiggingDeep20. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes, a longtime supporter of ATV Racing and the world leader in centered brake technology. DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades, supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2021's impressive lineup includes Joel Hedrick and Jeffrey Restrelli of the Phoenix Racing Team, myself, Cody Jansen, and my back-to-back national championships, Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, Wesley Wolf and many more, including all of the top 14 GNCC series pros led by the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, and Chris Borich. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top of the podium. Available at www.dp-brakes.com. Purchase at your local dealer or message the show for their contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders in the world on DP Brakes. Fifteen years into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back with us and continuing to make huge waves in the ATV world. For the second consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team providing their state of the art Evo Nerf bars, MX style front bumpers and grab bars for some of the fastest riders on the planet. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to Factory43ATV.com to see their full line of products available for all makes and models. Want to be just like Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rostrelli riding with Factory43's industry leading products? Head over to Factory43ATV.com today. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with the rider in mind and the goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity. Owner David Payne's love for eccentric colorways and crazy patterns shows in his product, something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Grip's drive is to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. With comfort and quality as key motivators, the Family Affair is constantly working on the next more innovative and improved glove. Get a grip on life, join the Gripped movement, because no one wants a bland glove. Check them out today at GrippedGloves.com, that's G-R-I-P-T-Gloves.com, and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC has been supplying riders with aftermarket components from the industry's top brands for over a decade. With over 80,000 products in stock for your ATVs, UTVs, metric and HD motorcycles, dirt bikes and snowmobiles, Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC can tend to all your power sports needs, from hard parts to riding gear. Bike Strikes and Quads also offers hard to find used parts for your vintage dirt bike, ATV, three-wheeler, or snowmobile. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for 10% off of orders of $100 or more. We're grateful to have Bike Strikes and Quads LLC digging deep with us. Thank you, BTQ LLC. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people and leading that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by their 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the Concrete Division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. All right, guys, to conclude this episode, we're joined by an absolute legend brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping on the best products in men's grooming with code DignDeep20 at Manscaped.com. He's a multi-time championship winning mechanic, multi-time mechanic of the year award winner, and wrenched for some of the greatest ATV racers of all time. Say hello to Mr. Paul Turner. What's up, Paul? Can't. Talk- hey, what's going on, big boy? <laughs> I can't tell you how uh, how stoked I am to have you here on on uh, digging deep. This is, uh, this is one I've looked forward to for a long time.
1: <laughs> hey, listen, I'm happy that we got in touch with each other and I'm um, happy that we can uh, do this for sure.
2: So Paul, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, being a, a lifelong diehard fan of ATV racing, um, your, your name has always held some serious weight with me. I knew you first, obviously as uh, you know, the mechanic of Travis Spader. So then right. fast, fast forward to 2013, uh, 14, 15, I'm a young pro you're there with Chad Weenan, and and stand. So so standing, standing in the, in the pro riders meetings with you and having exchanged small talk uh, a few times just over the course of the season or two there. um, I couldn't help, but think, Holy shit. Paul Turner, Paul Turner just spoke to me. You know? <laughs> that's, so, that's too funny. <laughs> so, so now fast forward to where we are now sitting here. Um, I'm obviously stoked to have you on my podcast and, and talk it. a little, talk a little ATV, uh, racing memories. And, uh, some of which were in the the golden era of ATV racing, which is exciting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, uh, you know, back in the day with Travis and I, I mean, that was, uh, that was a heck of a run for me and him. We had a, a lot of fun doing it all. And, uh, yeah, he's, you know, I still talk to him, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, whew, almost every other day, you know, we're still best buds and still talking about the past and, you know, in the future now and yeah. all our kids and what we're doing and stuff. So, and he's, it's, he's doing very well, actually, if everybody wants to know, he's doing very well in his, act, um, you know, physical therapy, his PT active physical stuff. therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's doing that's, well, at big time.
2: That's incredible. I mean, it's so funny how, how, uh, something like racing where, you know, you have this giant, you know. Percentage of people, right? Like if you're an outsider, you don't understand. But like us, I mean, whether you're still like entrenched in racing or not, like those are your best friends that you've ever had. That's just how. Oh yes, hundred
1: percent. I mean, yeah. I still talk to everybody in the circuit. You know, I, I those listen. You know, the ATV is family. You know, they oh, they for sure. Been, you know, everybody helps everybody, and if somebody is mad with somebody, they'll call them a week later and say, hey, "Man, I'm sorry." <laughs> you know, it's it's, just, love, it's funny. You know, lo-
2: love you, love you, buddy. You know, yeah, love you, buddy. Love
1: hate relationships. <laughs> stuff. You know, right. and that's what I really right. loved about ATV racing. Mm-hmm. That's why I got into it with Travis because before that, I was doing motorcycles. You know, I was on a on a, mm-hmm. the motorcycle tour. The pro tour doing that for a long time and then Tra- i met travis and then uh you know i got involved in ATVs. i'm like what the heck is this atv man I, dude come on uh-huh. it's four wheels this thing's uh, no way i yep. you, you know i never thought i would be able to work on one and now look at me so down yeah. and everything about them. I can
2: tell you that. <laughs> I know it. I know it. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I knew about your story. And, uh, so many, I mean, me included, but so many people would have, uh, heard, heard you on Lenny's show on ATV yeah. talk. And I heard some of yeah. that stuff about, you know, you getting into ATV racing, uh, via, you know, kind of having a dirt bike background, starting as a mechanic, super, super young. I think you said right. 15, 15 years old. Yeah. Which I started is crazy. being
1: mechanic at 15, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. And then eventually yeah. crossing paths with Travis Spader yeah. there. And, and kind of the rest was history. It was like you just kind yeah. of got thrust into this thing. You figured out how to work on ATVs just kind of on a whim, figured it out by yourself. Yeah. And it seemed like that so quickly just became like, hey, I'm an ATV person now.
1: I tell you, Shane Hitt was impressed with me. I the heard. one time I had to put an ATV together, it was yep. in pieces. I was in, in uh, well, God, we're, uh, Mount Morris. Okay. And Shane's in the corner. I, you know, I never met the guy. I didn't met anybody. It's my first time at the races and I have to put this, this ATV together. It's like basically in pieces. And Shane's just sitting in the corner on a chair watching me. And I put, and I get the whole thing together and he comes over and he goes, man, I can't believe you put that thing together. I would have put a thousand dollars. You would have got that thing put together. Oh, I said, well, God. I did. So <laughs> then right there, Shane and I had a, Really good relationship ever since then. You know, I still uh, try and talk to him at least, you know, twice, three times a year, you know, and just sure. to keep up with him and, and Timmy Farr and God, dude, mm. all all the great back in
2: the day. <laughs> See, and I feel like I feel like too when you when you talk about that era of racing, I mean, all those guys were so gnarly, right? Like you think of them as being, I mean, they're like still like all like there's so yeah. many of them that are the greatest guys, right? Yeah, yeah um sure. all all from that area, era, yeah. but uh, there was such like a togetherness, you know, yeah. like, I feel yeah. like everybody was pretty tight back then. Yeah.
1: Everybody's like, it was, uh, you know, they, you know, like, like Keith Little. Yeah. We all hung out together. Now, that, that, that whole crew was phenomenal. We used to, <laughs> we used to do some things for each other's <laughs> box fans and trucks and oh, know, sure. stickers, and had a lot of fun, you know, that year, but you know, when Travis Iroh winning all every race and, mm-hmm. and you know, it was just a lot of fun. It's just, you know, it's just it was such a great family, and, and that's what brought me to it the following year and the following year. You know, and I, I, I um, I actually miss going. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, since I, you know I stopped going, I don't know, for, gosh, four years now I think. Um, uh uh-huh. Yeah, but I still trust me. I got the itch.
0: I want to come <laughs> back. So I, I we'll believe see. It. I believe we'll it. see.
2: So, so I want to talk about, um, you know, obviously I know that there was, there was time a little bit before Travis, um, but then when you got with Travis, you know, you guys were from the same area kind of there, right? In New Jersey. An hour away. We're
1: literally an hour from each other.
2: Okay. Yeah. And, and you said that you guys are still friendly to this day. So for my listeners, that may be a little younger because, you know, we have a little bit of everything here with what we do. Um, okay. I, I want you to kind of fill, fill my listeners in on, on telling us about Travis Spader a little bit, because sometimes I feel like his name doesn't get mentioned probably enough. Um, when, when we, when we look back, when we yeah. look back at the, the greatest racers, Yeah, I mean, he's,
1: he's won a lot of championships. I, I think he's almost won every championship. Mm-hmm. Coming up from the amateur all the way through pro, I think he's one of the only ones that's ever done that. To be honest with you, I, I well, think even 40 or like 25 plus and 30 plus, too, right? Yeah,
2: I, I think. And I thought, that yeah, was- like when
1: he was on the canN I mean, he, I think he's one of almost all of them. I know. Not-
2: Oh. <laughs> and I, right. And I was gonna say I thought he even maybe one forty forty plus. Like that's I think the, he did too.
1: Yeah. I dude, if he won so many damn championships, I don't even know anymore.
2: <laughs> hey, and, and and it's cool to see because he wasn't that far removed from being a pro. And then when a guy comes back yeah. and, and is just there because he loves it, like yeah. I, I, I love that. So yeah, um, yeah. I want you to be able, I mean, because you were so close as as a mechanic. I mean right. your, your mechanic is your is your 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 uh your right-hand man. Right. So, right. um, you know, Travis, as well as anybody, especially, especially in a racing sense, uh, for the younger people who don't know that era as much as maybe I do or the older person I wanted you to be able to speak on Travis a little bit because, uh, he was so different than everybody else. I feel like. Oh, back just- in
1: the day when we started, yep. we, I mean, we trained so hard. I think, I think he might, mu- he might've actually started the training of how <laughs> it is today. Like, him and I would go testing. I mean, I, I, I'm i telling you, every day I was testing with him. I would work a normal job. I would come home. I would grab the box in, and I would meet him down at, at the track, our, our private track we had. Okay. And we would test shocks. We would test motors. We would test everything. I mean, this is 250 R days, man. This is mm-hmm. two-stroke stuff, you know? Yeah, right. This is even yeah. four-stroke stuff yet.
2: This is way so, before the time oh, of training. Oh, way
1: before four-strokes even came about, yeah. I mean, we're talking, mm-hmm. what, uh, two thousand. Yeah, 2000, and then, what, uh, 1999, you know, that's when I Mm -hmm. started in in 1998 is when I really started with Travis and testing, and uh, he he was an amazing kid, amazing, amazing. His training ethics were, uh, like, above anybody else's before then, or even tires, because we got ITP tires before anybody else did. We were the first people to have an ITP tire. I don't think the little guys know that. Like, him and I tested those things. To, to where they are today you know we we actually made the carcasses to mm-hmm. you know the whole all the, how the tire was made and where the where the knobbies went they they asked us all of those questions and even with like axis shocks and and roll design I mean we did we did a lot of testing with all them people too I mean with Doug Roll and with my, I don't know remember Mike Halleck yeah oh yeah. yeah yeah I mean with Mike Halleck and Ricky Strickland mm-hmm. I mean they was got we would ship overnight shocks every day. I would get, I would send a set out. They send me a set here. I test them. No good. These got to go back, bang, bang. I mean, we kept going back and forth. It was insane.
2: So did so, so do you credit some of this maybe to how intelligent he was? Because oh yeah.
1: Oh, he's Travis. Yeah, He's the smartest kid I've ever met. Well, period.
2: because, because knowing, I mean, when people know what he does, right. Physical therapy and all those things, like you need to be intelligent to do it. So I feel right. like you need somebody that's at that IQ level or whatever, right. to be able to test stuff and see beyond like what I'm doing right now. Hey, if I put right. all this time in right now, like just yeah. to try to put the listener into a thinking that like, this isn't what people did. They didn't go to the practice track and, and test this, this, and this Oh no, and not put like, their motors in like that. Wasn't the yeah. era then.
1: I mean, Timmy did, I think a little bit Shane hit never did really. I mean, he probably did a little bit, but not like, tra- I mean, you gotta remember I live in Jersey. Mm-hmm. We tested through the winter. Like if it was, if it was like 20 degrees, we were out there. I would jet the bike. So we were on, you know, we would, we, we would test no matter what we, we were determined on 2000 in 2000, we're winning the championship. Okay. And that, that, that was our, that was our, uh, sorry. That was right. our, you know, our goal is to win a championship. Mm-hmm. So we started in, God, when did we start? We started after, like after that, two, the the 90, 1999 season. And then we started, Testing all the way through, and really developing that bike with Lauren and lot. Then that PC two thousand came out. Don't forget too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep,
1: I had one cylinder, dude. <laughs> one the whole time. I had to take it off, put it back, take it off, bring it back. I mean, it was crazy what we had to do. You know, yeah. and I would change bottom. Oh, the other stuff too is like he would blow a bike up. I okay. would meet him on the parkway. It's it's like a highway in yep. the rest area, right? I would change the motor in fifteen minutes, and he'd go back riding. <laughs> Like just crazy stuff like that with what we did, you know? It's
3: but,
2: just, well, but you yeah. know, at the top level, right. like it takes that kind of dedication. Right. Like these kids yeah.
1: think that they can go and not, and, and not, I tell all these young kids, like you have to test, you have to ride, you have to put the work in because it's just not going to come to you. Hard work pays off, right? You're going to, that, that's how you win championships. Yep. I mean, if you work hard like Chad and like Doug Gust and, you know, Mm-hmm. John the tally, you know, if you look at all these kids and what they did, they worked hard at it. You know, they they put their their time in and their money into it. You know, yep. and that's what it comes down to: winning a championship. Period. Shocks yep. number one. Shocks number one. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. I'm saying it right now <laughs> on your podcast. Shocks are number one in anything.
2: Hey, it's no different than when you have a beginner. And they're putting a, an ATV together for their kid right. and, and they say, well, what should I do first? And it's like, okay, don't touch the engine at no. all. Never just put shocks on it Shocks, and Perfect. go ride, it. And, and as ride soon, it. and as soon as the person is riding it to the capability of that, then start giving them a little more.
1: You're and, 100% right. See, and, and nobody does it,
2: <laughs> but, but so many people listening right now, we all know those people that just throw like a bunch of horsepower at a stock yeah. machine. Yeah, you're sabotaging the rider.
1: They got to understand too, too much horsepower in a bike or, in a, or in an ATV. You're not getting the power to the ground. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a fine line. We'll call that fine line in in power to the ground. Yep. You know, yep. the, you, that's great that you have 72 horsepower on a Honda. Are you using it all? No. Who cares?
2: No. Joel Hedger can't. You're not. At
1: all. No, you're just Joel- not. I mean, I'll tell you, up to little, I'm blue in the face. I, I, you don't even know how much testing I've done in my life. Right. <laughs> to tell you this stuff, you know, and that's how I learned through the, you know, a lot of the greatest with Lauren Duncan. He mm-hmm. taught me a lot about mm-hmm. everything. Wayne Hinson taught me huh, the most I've ever, the most in an ATV. Those two guys are like my heroes in, in ATV racing, you know? So
2: yeah, you're talking about royalty right there. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I, dude, I
1: lived with Wayne. I mean, I was, li- I literally lived with the guy, you know, and we would go out on his boat and he would just talk, you know, to me and, t- and just, I mean, overload my brain to like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like right. I'm like, I hope I remember all this.
2: <laughs> well, and, and when you talk about the Hinson family, I mean, there's, they're yeah. the nicest people on earth. Oh,
1: so phenomenal. I Still yeah. talk to them to this day, all of them, Brian, and all that. Mm-hmm. I see Brian, I see, uh, you know, I see, I see them all all the time. I go to when I go to um, uh, Glamis, I, I see the whole Henson family there.
2: Oh, right sure, here. yeah, and yeah. So, like,
1: yep. it's it's weird, like, every year they're there when I'm there. So, it's like I drive down and I, I spend a good, you know, couple hours with them, you know, like with cool. Mrs. Henson and all the kids and all the grandkids, you know, have a good time. So, and it's, it's you know, they're. Great family, man, great family.
2: Like, like old times. So, oh, yeah. t- so tell me about um, the year that you two won the, the GNC championship there. I mean, you were talking about the year 2000. Tell me yeah. about that because that was like <laughs> we like we kind of discussed. I mean, that was the era of yeah. of everybody,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, you, we, and uh,
2: you and Travis get it done. I wanna hear about that year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it had to do with that ITP tire because okay. no one had that at the time. So we had better traction than a lot of people. And then with the shock development that we did, that definitely helped a lot. And with also with Lauren's new PC 2000 cylinder, Mm -hmm. that thing really woke that bike up. Don't don't get me wrong. Curtis Park still had a heck of a motor. Mm -hmm. We just got lucky. Not lucky. I just, I think it had to do a lot with Travis's training and his riding ability that really set off that bike that year with it, with, with us and with the roll design, you know, he, we did Doug did a lot of testing with us, different types of A-arms to figure out what Travis liked and, Mm -hmm. and different, um, Swing arm too. And, you know, that's when everything was still coming new, you know, everything was like starting to happen, you know, it's kind of cool. Um, Yeah. We, we, we put a lot of work into that, that whole championship, you know, uh, and
2: it it wasn't, it didn't, if I remember correctly, it didn't like, it wasn't that close, right? Like you guys won it semi. We won eight in a row. We won,
1: we won. Yeah. We, 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 we won, I think everything. Like
2: that's what I was getting uh, at. I think the only
1: one we didn't win, I think was, um, High point. Okay. We didn't, we, that, that was our, we had eight in a row. We didn't win high point. Then we won again, but then we did. Don't forget we did T racing too.
2: No, I know. Exactly. Yeah. Yep.
1: That, that I missed that. I'm not So do I.
2: So do I, I, I say I, that all the time. I think that's yeah. the coolest thing because that's, that's the best of the best. Then yeah. like there is, there is no arguing, you know, you're the baddest dude on an yeah. ATV period. You
1: could do motocross NTT and win both. You're dude, you're the, you're the, you're the man. You I know agree. what I mean? Agreed. I totally miss that. They should bring so that I. back. Dude. So do I. Really I, think be, I
2: think it would be so sick because I like.
1: like the money, the money. Yeah, but these kids are. You know, they talk about this money, the money. Dude, these kids are putting twenty five thousand dollars into a hybrid. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I put twenty five thousand dollars into my TT bike, so it's okay. You know right. what I mean? Right. Same thing. You right. know? Yeah. Oh, I dude, that was my. I loved TT and man, I had a lot of fun with that. You know why? No stress for me. I build it. <laughs> Eighteen laps. Go get You're a big good. boy.
2: You're good. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. No pressure.
1: No pressure. Right with motocross. You know, you had motos, so you had a – and, you know, what stuck back then, too, is remember they won one race on Saturday, one race on Sunday? Mm-hmm. That really – that made it, like, a long weekend for, for a mechanic, you know, because you're – Oh, always, no doubt. You're always tinkering, and then, you know, you have a, a nice sunny day on Saturday, and then, and then Sunday, freaking downpours. So you're sitting in your hotel room here in the rain coming, like, oh, my God, i got to put a mud set up on now, <laughs> you know? And it's 250R. going to make mm-hmm. those things last in mud. You Travis and I had a very good system with that. Yeah. They we didn't get did a lot of testing, they that.
2: didn't just last in the mud. And oh, but you
1: you suck water. They're done.
2: You <laughs> they're tested done. that you tested yeah. that though.
1: Yeah. yeah. Travis and I actually, we would, um, we took two and a half, three weeks just to test mud tests, mud setups. Okay. What was the best mud setup for us? And then I'm talking a arms, I'm talking swing arms. I'm talking how, how wide our axle wanted to be talking tire pressures, bigger tires, Talking um, air filter, air filter boxes to mm-hmm. suspension. I mean everything, everything. because you got to think about all the mud, mud on there is going to change your suspension. So Travis and I came up with a mathematical figuring on what we what would be best to run. So okay. that, I mean we, we would test that shop, this shop, You know this main spring, that main spring. Okay, we got to put a one, you know, one eighty five instead of a one seventy five on for the mud, and we got to put a three hundred instead of a three twenty five, and you know, we're like we really thought about all this. Problem is he lived with me. Travis for about okay. a year and a half, two years, cause he was going to college. So okay. him and I would stay in my room and we would watch videos. And I mean, we got way out of control. with it. So, it,
2: so it never stopped.
1: No, it, it, all we did was talk about ATV stuff and, you know, and video games and that's, right. eat pizza, drink <laughs> a couple of beers. And then he would like, it's so funny. One story he would he was in my room and we're playing video games, hanging out you know, had a couple beers. He's like, Oh my God, I got a test tomorrow. I got to go study for it. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I got to go study for a test. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, he's like, ah, it's all right. Dude, he gets an A on it. It's like he studied like an hour before he had to go to school. I'm like, dude, how do you, he's like, that's right. how smart the kid is. You know, that's like, what I'm, that's what I'm that's saying. Travis, it's a know?
2: testament. It's a testament yeah, to how, it's a testament, how, right. yeah. how damn yeah. smart he is. Yeah. So, so uh, that's, I feel like that's, was, you know, how I, I guess, because I love that era of, of ATV racing so much. I mean, that's how, that's just what I think of when I think of Paul Turner, but, um, you know, when, when the next kind of chapter, I feel like for you was Suzuki, right? Yeah. I mean, yep. With you
1: know, Doug yep, and Jeremiah. Uh-huh. So,
2: I, so at what point did, did you find your way to Suzuki and how did that opportunity well, come about?
1: What I did, I, I took well, Tra- Travis and I, well, we went 2001, we went back racing, didn't okay. have a very good season that year. Um, we lost we lost Duncan Racing as a sponsorship, really, actually. So okay. Travis tried to do well, Travis tried to do his own thing, try and get his own program and um, really made some pretty bad. We both made some pretty bad decisions on that. Okay. Um, and that's where he uh, he decided to, to, to hang it up, I think, then because um, he crashed pretty hard at Southwick. OK. And um, yeah, it, it, it really rung his bell pretty good. Okay. And we were in that, we were in the hospital and he pretty much said, um, you know, I think I'm done. I said, I said, I, I get it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I understand you're, you know, you're, you're going to get married and, you know, you, you know, you want kids and, yep. you know, I think, you know, you also got to think about your future, you're, you know, you are physical therapy and all that. So absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah. So then I was, um, you know, I missed it. I missed a year or two of racing. That's when Jeremiah started winning a lot mm-hmm. that year with, uh, with uh, Joe Bird. Okay. Actually, I was there I was this this is funny this is I was there at Southwick when Joe Bird he uh hit the clutch and the bike stalled on the line I was there for that anyway okay. so <laughs> um so Wayne Hinton came up to me okay at the at the race cuz he was there cuz Doug was on the old 03, 03 the, okay. uh, the the
0: oh
1: yeah and uh, yeah and he said hey listen I'm looking for a mechanic for Doug and he goes, and the only person I can think of is you. And I said, oops, I said, well, I said, I'm, I'm extremely interested. <laughs>
0: okay. So
1: we talked and they flew me out to California. I had an interview. Um, they also you want to hear what they did for me, for me to get the job.
2: Okay. I'm ready.
1: LTC 400 frame, every bolt, nut and bolt off the bike in a box, put it together.
2: Hey, you've done it before.
1: I know. I did it. Dude, the, my buddy Sean, <laughs> who's my really close friend too, Sean Terrace. Okay. He he could not believe I put it together. He's like, I can't believe you put that together. I said, Well, a bolt's a bolt and the nut's a nut, you know, and it only you know, can fit in so much. And I, you know, I think I got a couple of things wrong, I'm sure, but it ran. So it's okay. <laughs> you know, but then I really figured it out after that. I mean, that, oh my God, that LTZ year was my worst mechanic in year ever versus <laughs> forever. We went through 50 motors. We had to change a motor after every moto because it wouldn't last 30 minutes. Well, so we'd have to change a motor every time. Those the cases things, would break.
2: They were not made for what no, you doing. No,
1: well, we were putting, you know, 450 into a 400. Exactly. So we would change the crank and, you know, and we were, mm-hmm. dude, these cylinders or these, you know, the, the heads were like, like top-notch they were like oh, getting yeah. done by top-notch people mm-hmm. so the thing ran really well but it just you know we we're putting a lot of compression into
2: so it. so so i'll tell you i so i know that they were the first generation you know yfz and in trx at the time yeah but it's still incredible to, for me to see shots of of Doug on the Z400 leading the 450s I know. Um, I can't believe beast, that, in, that guy. well in, in in you know Doug's from here Doug's from yeah. Wisconsin so right. I remember being a kid and riding at Doug's house when he's on the oh, Z really? four hundred.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So yeah. when he's
2: when he's on the Z four hundred, and at the time, you know, I didn't didn't know enough, you know, right. to how crazy this was. But then the craziest part, and I said this to Doug when we had him on, but just three or four or five years later the Z 400 was a youth class. Yeah. So, so in just a few years, Doug went from winning six consecutive pro races on one to, right. Joel, to Joel Hattrick riding Shane hits old Z 400 in the youth class. Mm-hmm. That's, that's unbelievable. Like, I know. like yeah. I, I just, I, know. I, I can't believe that you see a 400, <laughs> there's a 400 yeah, or a, a Z 400 in the shop right now Really. Uh, in my parents shop and you yeah. look at them and it's like, I don't know how they did it. It's such a beater
1: trail. You have no idea what we did to make that <laughs> thing work. <laughs> Ryan Cox and I and Ricky, yeah. we got a lot of work there, buddy. It was a lot. And uh, who, um, who was the other guy that helped us out too? Um, the Nolins, um, Clark. He okay. was he was a big 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 uh, thing in that too. You know, it's but like with this, with that with the Z four hundred days, so that was Jeremiah and Doug, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I would build the chassis. Okay. So I was building eight, nine, ten bikes a year, or for that year, and yeah. and Ryan built all those motors. Ryan Cox, all I mean, all fifty. Like we, it was like we were trying all kinds of stuff. We would actually hone out the cases and put aluminum blocks in there. Like we would like mill them out, okay. put aluminum blocks to see if that would help. But they still were in the same spot. We're like, dude, it's so we have to every race we have to change them. They just like, oh my god, just not. It was mad. nice. Suzuki was awesome because and Yoshimir, because they actually brought the 18 wheeler back to my house for me. So I can work on the bikes here a lot, like when we were on the, on the East coast. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have to fly back and forth to California because I was in California for at least six months out of the year. Okay. uh, You know, doing all the, you know, putting them together and this and that, and this is when I just got married and I'm having, I just got, you know, my wife's pregnant. I just had my first kid. Yeah. Uh, He was like, (laughs) whoo, you know, a lot going on.
2: So, but it's got it had to be a huge deal for you though yeah. to be. I mean, oh, yeah. factory Suzuki like that was yeah. the the beginning of the factories being involved. Yeah. So yeah. to be part of that, I mean, you yeah. couldn't pass it up.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, I couldn't. I, I. You know what? They they're like, we're gonna. You know, we're gonna do full tilt. I'm like, I'm in. I'm like, that was my dream ever to do it. Right. You know, and I'm like, I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna go for go for the run and see see what happens. You know. Right. Yeah. It was. I, I, listen, the best days of my life, man. Yeah. I, I have to say that whole Suzuki thing. I learned so much from from all the Yoshimura guys and, and like, you know, Ryan and I, I mean, Ryan Cox was a kid. Like he was a baby when he came with that. I helped him learn the ATV and he helped me learn motors. You know what I mean? So together we helped each other. I mean, there were times in the dino room, me and him were in there for days just testing cams and pistons and cylinders and dexacil. I mean, I just, I there was time. I mean, I couldn't. I didn't even know what day it was because mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't care because I wasn't home. I was living in a hotel, right? So I, I, I worked fifteen-hour days. I didn't care. Might because, as well be in the young shop, little kid. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Uh, best shop in the world. I mean, <laughs> are you, you ever been to Yoshimir? you been? No, oh, no. Oh, it was by far the best. I mean, our own room. I mean, I was right next to Ricky Carmichael. I mean, right across the hall was Ricky Carmichael. Uh, uh Dungy when he was a uh, he was a little yikester, yep. you know, and yep. it was crazy, you know. And then we had the whole road racing team on the other side of me, and that was uh, that Australian, really fast Australian guy. Okay, um, he he rode the jixter I can't remember, he was like eight time national champion. Okay, he was that he you know, used to come in the shop all the time and stuff. I'm like looking at all these stars, I'm like this little guy, you know, pretty right. TV racing, and all the mechanics would come over, like, you're not working them things. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's like parts everywhere, right, like, it's yeah. like a car. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a car. <laughs> yeah, this is what I do every day. Yeah, that's what I do. You know, yeah. but they would see like in a frame, and they would come back like five hours later, and I'd have the whole thing together. And they're like, "You just put that whole thing together?" I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "Dude, that's amazing." They go, "That that." I got a lot of props with a lot of the mechanics that are like, "Dude, that's pretty cool that you can do that." I said,
0: "Yeah,"
2: right. and it runs. <laughs> that's crazy and i feel yeah. like i feel like so you went from ringing everything out of those z400s yeah
1: to
2: then transitioning to this brand new ltr which is oh, kind, of a, kind of a whole I nother had that way, thing right? way before anybody else had that right and that we, thing was a nice machine <laughs> and, and we heard some of that with you know with doug and he took us through yeah. you know going over to, to overseas and, and working uh-huh. on that thing and and that he whole didn't pres- tell anybody either do
1: you say that on the, on the podcast oh yeah Oh, yeah. He didn't tell anybody. Nobody knew. There's only three people that knew. Three. Sure. Wayne and I don't think Wayne even knew because we were trying to call him. Okay. And he wouldn't answer his phone.
2: So we're like, so, "Where the hell's Doug?" Yeah, yeah so he, Doug he, Doug basically told us he's like, "Ah, I, I can say whatever I want now. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, you can. But, yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: So so that was cool to hear. Uh obviously that they truly made this race quad like around him and listen yeah, to you guys. They did. They and did all of that. I mean, that's that's yeah. such a that was such a huge thing for A T V racing. Oh,
1: dude, huge. I mean, Rod the Rod, you know, he really pushed hard for that and he he did a really great job, mm-hmm. you know, pushing that for that A T V and and I mean look at it now, look what it did to the industry. It really changed that industry big time. It did. I mean, it even did. today it still changed it, you know.
2: And, oh for sure it did. It, it that's you know, what that's what yeah. started where we are now, at least with the with the Yamaha and all those things. I mean, if yeah, it wasn't for Suzuki, uh, because Suzuki got in first, right? Yeah. And they right they they ejected they... exactly Fuel right. right, and and they they really stoked the fire for everything that oh, came yeah. after that.
1: They, a lot of people were mad up or like like Honda, and they were like, oh man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, they, you know, and Jeremiah and, and Doug came out with those new bikes, and they started ripping on those things. Man, that was something. Something to see. It was fun. Let me tell well,
2: you. Well, fun. think think about it. Think about Yamaha and Honda. They come out with this new quad, and they're all proud yeah. of it, right? Yeah. And they yeah. give them. They give them one year, and now Suzuki's got EFI.
1: Yep. Yeah. And and also 50 wide race. ready to Exactly.
2: Go. I mean, I remember, I remember yep. what that was at the time. Like it was yeah. like, Oh my God, this is that I can go just race this thing. And yep. I remember, I remember at, I don't know if it was WPSA or if it was ATVA at the time. Oh, yeah. the, WPSA, what, you
1: were around for
2: that. Yeah. Yeah. Were you? Yeah. Yeah. I won a yeah. championship WPSA, but you I remember, did. I did, but, I you, but but do you remember <laughs> Do you remember? Like one of them had a Suzuki class, like it was a stock yeah. class. Stock class,
1: yeah. Yep. Right. So yep.
2: there was twenty, and yep. it was basically like a spec class, which was badass because yeah. now it's all yeah. rider. Yeah. And and I feel like you know now. I mean now we're seeing some of that with Yamaha, but uh, fifteen years ago or, or fourteen yeah. More. years ago, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. it Was that was Suzuki doing yeah. it? then.
1: No, so, it definitely was. And I tell you what, for us to race those things, we that huh, a lot, a lot. We had, we had to have 50 units in the United States. I know. I remember. Yeah. I remember all that. Yeah. yeah. And we, we had 50 like the day before. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I remember, I remember Doug telling these, these stories to us back then,
1: you know,
2: yeah. and, yeah. uh, and how, how close it came, but that's what close. I was kind of. I
1: mean, I mean, day, I mean a day, 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 like we're sure. like, we're like sitting in the, in the, you know, in the shop and I'm like, uh, Wayne, can we race these yet or what? He's like, yeah, just get them ready. Well, we'll be okay. I'm like, we're gonna be okay. We're gonna raise these things. He was like, yeah, like okay. Right. I'm gonna put them in the ET Wheeler. Here they go.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so, and like I was gonna say before, I mean, you went from uh, Z400 to that. I mean, it was kind of like, kind of like baptized by fire, right? Because this is a brand new quad. Yeah. And you guys very
1: pleased to have this Z or the the R. So oh, I'm sure.
2: oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and Suzuki was such a powerhouse at that time. I feel like it had to be super cool to be a part of that because again, like it was the, uh, beginning of something that was so big. It was such a, right. it, was, it was the first race ready quad. And, uh, for you guys, um, for, or for you, especially you were there when there was no factory involvement, then right. you were there when factory involvement like right. began. And now right. you had yeah. a quad that was yeah. built for racers. Racing, like, that, right. that, that had to be a huge. Uh, thing for you to be a part of that whole thing.
1: Hey, I'm not gonna lie to you. I cried when I first saw that thing because I I was one of the first people to see it. I I actually had, like shed a tear and cried. I'm like, holy cow, this thing is awesome. Really? you know what I mean? I'm like, this is. I looked at Ryan. I said, this is gonna change the industry big time. Sure. And it did. You know, and That's cool. I'm so happy for Suzuki that they, you know, a for them to, to, to I was honored to work for them. I have to admit, you know, and and b to be able to to see that, you know, and have that in part of my of my, I guess, what do we call it? History or whatever, you Yeah, know, my, of my, my memory bank for that, you know, yep. really, uh, I really, really appreciated that, you know, a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and it, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun year, you know, for sure. Well,
2: well, in, in for, uh, you know, so for so many people maybe that are listening right now or whatever, but you know, you dream of, you know, you have like racing goals and for you, it seemed like it was more of a mechanic thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, you like the mechanical side of it, right? but that was still your goal. Like to make it right. to so to make it to a factory level, like you're wrenching for a factory team. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, I, like that was the realization and for the best, of the one of the best guys time. too. Exactly. <laughs> one of yeah. the greatest ever. Like, yeah. 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 So what an, op- what an opportunity. I mean, that's the, the,
1: one of the best guys I've ever worked for, man. He was really a great, Dougie was awesome. Man. I, I love that dude. So. Yeah. He, he was, he was, he was funny on the line. <laughs> there's a there's a st- <laughs> so we're on the line in gainesville this is when we're on the z yeah we're on the Z still okay. and the track went left but he went off the whole shot he went right okay right by accident because he says <laughs> the old way used to go right that's okay. what he remembered right okay so the next race i'm on the line I'm like Doug. okay just so you know you got to go left not right you know what I mean? And he's like, "Yeah, I know, I know, I know." He got all mad at me. <laughs> oh,
2: that's funny! Only I just throw
1: pit boards at him and crap, man. It was funny. It was only, great. Only I loved Doug. it. We had a only, good time. Only yeah, Doug. yeah. Uh, the Suzuki lighter. era was 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 great. You know, just really, really good. You know, yeah. and that, you know, and Jeremiah was starting to rip on them things, man. That guy. Oh my god, Doug was getting nervous. Like, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm Jeremiah, sure. we figured out the suspension. Once we got Ricky Strickland mm-hmm. and we started really testing the suspension, we really got those bikes handling really well, you know. Yeah. Was, they were they were coming. And then Ryan figured out the motors. Mm-hmm. You know, Ryan Portered them all himself, you know, he did all that himself and he figured, you know, sure. we, we had to make valves and all kind I mean, it was Yeah. You, you know, you know the drill. I mean, you have to you of know, course. something new you got to figure it all out, you know, and that's we had. That's what Ryan and I did every day, John. Yep. Figure it out, okay. Yep. Well, what's today?
0: What's this? You know.
2: So, and and I don't want to go down the road too far, but I mean, Jeremiah was about to was about to go in sicko mode and just cream everybody. I feel like for a hundred percent. Yep.
0: Yeah. Still to my to this day, I still
1: think so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean <laughs> yeah. the
2: the races yeah. leading up to that whole deal, he was so yeah. crazy. I was there. the first person
1: there. I, yeah. 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 I was not, uh, not, not too pleased about that situation.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's still to this day. It's like, it doesn't even feel right to discuss it. No, you know, no.
1: it's not definitely, I totally agree with you hundred mm-hmm. percent. I, I just, I got the memory. I, I, I know it. I love, I dude, I, he's like a brother to me. I will mm-hmm. always be a brother to me. I love that kid yep. to the, till the day I die, man. I'll love that kid. I will do anything for Jeremiah Jones. He knows it. He knows that, you know,
2: I, f- I feel the same way. I mean, he was, he was my, uh, such a hero, he's my champion. Yeah, he was such a hero. Oh, I, I spent, uh, I spent probably a good six months at one time living with the guy, and it was still like every day. I just woke up and was like, "That's Jeremiah Jones." I yep. looked at him the same way I did yep. back then, right? Me too. So, I still
1: look at him like this, is Jeremiah Jones. Too. I was like Wait, Me too. I, I used to work for you, though, bro. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I built
1: all his bikes too. I built everything for him. So. Well,
2: and you built you built a bunch of bikes for an array of people. You know, yeah. not not yeah. I mean not silly... too. I did too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I knew. Awesome. I knew there was yeah. a bunch of guys that you built stuff for that maybe you didn't necessarily mechanic for, but you built yeah. and helped out with a ton of guys. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I did. I used to. I used to like that. That Suzuki air. I man, I used to help a lot of people out. Like walk around the pitch and just help people. And, yeah. Because you know, they people didn't know about it. I knew more about that than anybody. And even with the the, the Yamaha now to this day, I mean everybody calls me for the Yamaha. It's like, sure. if, you a, if you have a Yamaha problem, you call Paul. <laughs> right, yeah. If I don't know, you got a problem. <laughs> there
2: you go. Yeah. Well, and at that, at that time too, um, you know, what would have been 2005, six, that era there, yeah. uh, the, the four stroke was so new people didn't yeah. know yeah. people did it. You guys knew and yeah. most people did not know. Didn't know.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's, it was definitely a learning curve for me too. The four stroke. I mean, Okay how to, you know, what, what was the four-stroke all about? Cause I'm used to two-stroke, bang, you, you're, know, you're and, you know, two-stroke you, know guy. You, yeah. you go to these things and there's a lot more work to them. And if you blow one of those things up, it's, 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 it's a lot, a lot, no it's a lot of work, you know? Right.
2: So moving on from the Suzuki thing, the next period would have been with Pat Brown, right? Yeah. I mean, was that... So Downtown so, Pat
1: Brown, my boy.
2: There you go. And I, and, I, and I feel like, you know, cause I never know, um, people, you know, people that are maybe not like at the races every weekend. Now, maybe they don't know like what this is about, what a podcast is or whatever. But when you had commented on some of the stuff about Pat, when, you know, in the, the, the time period that we were doing that episode, I'm like, okay, like PT is in, like, I can, we'll be able to make this happen. Right. So, so, so how did things end at Suzuki? And then how did that uh, opportunity come with that?
1: Suzuki wanted me to move there to California. They were making a big push. have people live with them because they they wanted to expand the program which they did you know with kevin Mm -hmm. and everybody you know that whole that whole clan and i just couldn't do it because i just had a newborn Mm -hmm. with my wife my wife just got her her nursing job my wife's a nurse i don't know if you knew that but my wife's a nurse and she just got you know hired by a really um popular hospital by us um and it was it, she, did, and you know, she didn't want to move. I, I married a Greek. Okay. So okay. Yeah, you can't move away from family. So right. mom and dad are here. Okay. And I, you know, I had, to, I had to just say I'm done. I, I, and I cried for about about a week. I was really upset. I was depressed because I did not want to leave Suzuki. Mm-hmm. I knew something was going on. I knew it. Okay. And you know, unfortunately they had, they had, you know, they had to let me go. Um, and then thank God for Pat. I have to say, and his family, uh, you know, Fred and 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 Pam, I I I, I can't uh, thank the, that family enough to actually let me be a part of that whole era with Pat. Um, I really liked, you know, I really truly am blessed that that he gave me the opportunity to work for him and and that many years with him too. I mean, I worked for him for three years, I think, if not okay. more. Okay. Um, you know they learn the Yamaha. I mean, Pat and I were one of the first people once again to see the new Yamaha. I mean, I had one of the prototypes here in my in my garage. You know, sure. Um, so I mean, they actually, uh, yeah. I just Pat. I have to deep down say I have to say thank Pat a lot for that. You know he's and his family for that for me.
2: Well, and it had to be pretty cool because yes, you weren't doing the the factory thing anymore, but you know he did get end up getting factory support and all that stuff. No, we have factory support.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you, I got a lot of relationships now because of Pat with Yamaha. Sure. You know, I mean, I'm still very involved with Yamaha. Sure. You know, with, with some of the upper people.
2: So, but then you were kind of going back home to to work with a New Jersey guy and that yeah, had to, that had to nice. be kind of cool in its own way. Yeah,
1: that's what was nice because he was only 45 minutes away from me. So we did, you know, it was nice that I can go there, grab the race bike, come to my house, work on it here because I had two newborns then. Sure. You know, so I, you know. <laughs> Juggling all <laughs> kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was a whole project on its own to get them asleep to go work on the bike to get the bike done so we can go racing. It. it was like right. you know ordering the parts and ordering this and getting this done and you know okay. calling all the sponsors to get hang arms here and you know I did all that for Pat. You know most of it for Pat. Sure. I mean Pat absolutely helped out a lot too. You know of fact, course. You know they we, we all did. We all had you know something to do with it. You know, mm-hmm. but
2: so that had to be uh, that had to be pretty cool. And I think it was probably. Uh, one of the ATV open invitational photos, I'm pretty sure is what sparked this between us yeah. uh, because you had, you had made a comment about how special of a day that was, Very um, and, special. you know, and we talked to Pat about that, but he didn't elaborate a ton on how, how like, like how the day went or how, how cool it was. I mean, it kind of just wanted to pass by it in typical Pat fashion, I feel like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I wanted you cool. to. I wanted you to maybe touch on that experience from your perspective because I feel like when the underdog wins, that's like the most underdog. Impressive.
1: We were the under under under. That's what underdog. I'm
2: saying. Like, yeah. and I, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I feel like I mean, full
1: factories. But the there. but there's factory guy
2: right. But there's no better. Like that's the best kind of win. Yeah, like, that is the right. best kind yes. of win. It
1: was phenomenal. You right. So he tell me, shot and took it off. I was like, like what. What <laughs> what just happened? Right. I'm like, Pat, get him, boy. And I'm like, cheering on him. You know, it was that was one awesome day of my life when in that whole thing. And the track was so muddy. Oh my God. Yeah, it was, you know, but he he really rode the the best I've ever seen him ride that day. I mean, don't get me wrong, the kid still rides awesome. He's still one of the fastest in the country, without yes. a doubt. You know? Yes. You know, same thing with Travis. They all are. It's just, you know, some kids. Start stepping up a little faster you know it just mm-hmm. it is what it is you know it was uh, no that it, was a phenomenal day fred and i were so excited for the whole thing and yamaha was pumped about it you know it's i still have his number one plate in my shop i still have the picture of him I, you know i have all the stuff on my wall right now right behind this wall right here i have okay. everything of you know of, of all my memorabilia with pat and with chad and doug and mm-hmm. and uh, you know everything you know just You know what? It's nice because I go in there and I work on my harnesses or do it, you know, my work in there and I just look up and I go, huh, yeah, I did this, you know, gives me a little, you know, gives me a little confidence boost to keep going, you know? Sure. Yeah.
2: Well, I feel like, I mean, you definitely have a legacy with all that stuff, but I love seeing those pictures because it's just Pure jubilation. And there's oh, not yeah. that and there's yeah. not that often where you see that because when a guy like Chad wins or whatever, in early in his career would be different, yeah. but he's expected to win. So the feeling is yeah. different, right? There's yeah. not this, yeah, there's not this just no, because think about it. Chad was there.
1: They're all right.
2: there. Oh, they were all there. They, were all there. they were all there. That was and the Pat. who's who. And that's yeah. why I, that's why I wanted to cover it with that episode with Pat, because again, some of our listeners are from an earlier generation that they, they didn't know that race. They don't even know what that race is about. So no, I was I trying to, was trying no, it's to pay... even probably
1: been to that track after the younger case, because it's gone. Right? right. We haven't raced yeah.
2: there since the, since 2013 or something. Right. So it's gone. You know, it's gone, right? It's gone, gone. And it's I love flat. that place. It's I love flat. that place. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I actually went there. I was out in, in uh, Pittsburgh okay. and I actually went there to look and see it, dude. It's flat. I was like, I, I was like, dude, this,
2: that's Let, so sad. That was my
1: second favorite track in the nation. Yeah. That's my favorite track by the way. Just like so yeah, you know, mine too. <laughs> yeah. Mine too. I, I know it's yours.
2: <laughs> but, uh, so I, I just, I, 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 I wanted to tell that story with that yeah. episode because I feel like people don't understand. I mean, that was, that was part of the part, like actually part of the dirt bike national. Everybody oh, yeah. was there. Oh yeah. Everybody wanted to win that race. The Rocco
1: was watching. Dungy was watching. Carmichael was watching. Windham was watching. I mean, all the top-notch people were there. I mean, everybody watched that race. And just the fact that Pat won that race, I'm like, kudos to Pat Brown, baby. Hmm. I mean, every lap, I'm like, please, 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 please. please, please, Don't break nothing. Break. You know, I was a nervous wreck. My heart was just pumping. I was like, I'm just, you know, get him, Pat. Let's go, Pat. Come on. You can do it. You know, and just the kid did it. I mean, yeah. Wrote a phenomenal race, and that's, hey, we got to, we got to, we got the gold plate, baby. That's all we have to say.
2: Hey, and I and I remember it, and I don't know what words I used at the time, but it may have been the one single biggest, yep. most like monumental ATV race that there yep. ever was. It yep. really may have been.
1: Yeah, it really was. Yeah, okay. I yeah That was the first one ever, you know, and
2: and there was only two. There was only two,
1: and yeah, we didn't do so well next year, but that's okay. I think we maybe got fifth or sixth something okay.
2: like that. He got to wear uh, the number one though. I mean, yeah. Well, that, and that was
1: to me, I was cool with that. I'm all right uh-huh. with that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 You know? So, no, um,
2: in, in the years that followed, you were able to, uh, you know, you were part of developing the, the Yamaha, the YFZ 450R, the new style one, like we talked yeah. about. So fill the gap for me a little bit because, um, you team up with Chad and I think it was 2013, right? So yeah, uh, I took
1: a couple of years off and then Chad called me okay to, to help him out just to, you know to go to the races and, and help him out mm-hmm. just be, to, to be there he felt very comfortable with me he trusted me he's, okay you know he's even said to this day there's only a couple of people that he trusts and i'm one of them mm-hmm. you know and that's to me that's feels good you know that of that someone has that has that trust you know that like nothing's going to break if i you know you mm-hmm. know i don't get me wrong some of the stuff with pat and me some stuff broke and I learned from that, you know, and, but very rarely I had stuff break, you know, I it wasn't a, like a, every moto thing. I can tell you that. I mean, I oh, was pretty, God, no. I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty anal with my quads and I have to, people think I'm out of my mind, but well, I, yeah. I uh, listen, I look at it this way. I have someone's life in my hands. Mm-hmm. So why half, can I, can I say ass, right? I can say, that one? Yes,
2: okay. you can say whatever you want. <laughs>
1: okay. Why half ass it? Right. Uh-huh. And try and, and risk someone's life, you know? So I look at everything I build or anything I do that it's mine, right? And I don't want to, anybody to be get hurt because I'll feel off from that, you know what of I mean? Course. I mean, bottom line, right? Yep. So I take that with everything, even, you know, with building Doug's bikes uh, to Travis's bikes to, you know, Pat's bikes and even to, to ch- you know, helping chat out to races. I took that very seriously, you know, with him. And that's what I think Chad really liked a lot about me yep. is that I took it seriously, you know, and, he had a program, he told me the program. I said, No problem, the program's going to be this way and I'm going to run it that way. And that's what we mm-hmm. did. And all of a sudden, here comes Chad and me winning free. Here we come, uh-huh.
2: you know. Well, in Chad and and uh Ryan developed that, yeah. Ryan Cox. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, because Chad, you know, told us he's told us up and down that that uh he learned what he needed to do with his program from Ryan.
1: Oh, yeah, and, and, and you would get by... Ryan and where where did Ryan. <laughs>
2: that's where i was going with this is you guys had that you guys had that connection yeah. for
1: years prior yeah, so, so
2: it was uh it was a it was a perfect transition for you guys
1: yeah i mean ryan and i were uh let me tell you something that was the dynamic duel right there man mm-hmm. us two together were we were Whoo! and ricky strickland who who Hoo! if us three can come back right now you all will be in trouble <laughs> That's all I
2: got to say. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, so you guys won three titles in three years, yeah. uh, you and Chad, yeah. um, those have to be some incredible memories too. Oh uh, yeah. What, so what we was it Nolan, like? Eight in a row, nine in
1: a row and all that. Oh, man. Which, we,
2: which that bro. was his most dominant year that there ever was there yeah. uh, in yeah. 13. That year was a
1: fun year.
2: So nice. what was it like, what was it like working for Chad? I mean, when you started with Chad, he was a one-time champion. And when you guys got done, he was a four-time champion. And yeah. There's a major difference there because when already, when he had four, he had put his name amongst the greats and obviously right. um, you know, he's won more in, in years uh, since then. Uh, but what was it like working for Chad?
1: Chad, Chad Wienin is a very well-focused rider. I love his thinking. I love his ethics on training and I love his um, the way he preps bikes and the way he, he does it himself. So he learns the bike. So he knows that it's right. And then me going over just doubles and shares it. Right. So he, um, his work theory is absolutely phenomenal. Like that's why he's seven time champion. He 100%. doesn't let anything bother him. He's very calm. If you've noticed when you ever talk to him, he's a calm dude, man, he's just calm, yep. you know, and definitely thinks it over before he speaks, which I like, not me. I'm wide open all the time, which is okay. <laughs> I'm allowed to be all right. Yeah. I'm from Jersey. So it's, obvious. Yep. it's tight, I, w- I was, I was going to say, that's a
2: Jersey thing. I feel like, yeah,
1: yeah. But I think that dynamic between me and him definitely was good because I would get him pumped up and get him ready, you know, and, yep. uh, yeah, no, I miss working for him, and a, a lot too. You know, I, I miss going to the races and, you know, then being there for him. You know, um, no, it was good. I, that first year I worked for him, though, I definitely d- double-thought, de- you know, definitely double-taked it because every damn race was a freaking mud race. Oh. That was a horrible year, man. It was. That was horrible. How horrible. does
2: it rain at every single race? Uh, it dude, did. I, it <laughs> did.
1: Every race. I'm like, dude, it's going to rain again. I'm like, I, I just can't. I'm like, I'm done you know, it's like, and there's
2: no pressure more than on the mechanic me, when that me. happens.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. Because no. like, it's double the work for me. Like, <laughs> I don't think these teeth, these kids know how much work it is mm-hmm. f- in the pro level to get that bike ready for the next race. Exactly. Like you literally, you know, I take it very seriously. So I don't want a piece of dirt on my damn bike. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause it's number one, weighing it down. Yep. So we're losing horsepower. All right. Now we're getting out of don't All right. God, don't worry. But you know, <laughs> that's yeah. how I thought, you know, and yeah. oh, and that, not... that, that year was, oh my God, that was,
2: I'll never forget it. I'll never yeah, forget you, it. Yeah. You were
1: racing it too, right? Yeah. I was, I yeah, was. Yeah.
2: So do you have a, do you have a favorite memory or a favorite race from, from those years with Chad? Anything that stands out?
1: You want to know you, the second year I went with him, we were in, uh, uh, Aonia pass. Okay. And John Natale and him were battling. You remember that race? They were I battling did. out back and forth, back and forth, and Chad got him at the end, last corner. Yep. Last corner. <laughs> right. Yeah. He he pulls up on the podium. I come running over, and he looks at me, and he and he he goes, "Here we go, PT." I said, "Here we go." <laughs> and we went yeah. eight in a row that year. Yeah. We, we smoked that. We were we were on it that year. Mm-hmm. It was it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That was a, a great memory. And, um, actually the best memory with him was what year? The, I think the second year he won Loretta's. Okay. Flat out. Now I've been racing Loretta's a very long time. I've never won Loretta's until that day. Okay. So I still have the bottle of champagne. not So, open.
2: so did Chad know about this ahead of time? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pressure yeah. was on. Pressure yeah, wasn't for I the did. championship. And I, right? and I, and right? I actually
1: yeah. cried when I saw him. Like, I gave him a big hug and I said, dude, I just want to thank you so much for that. Because that's that's something I needed to check on my, you know, yeah. everybody yeah. wants to win Loretta's, right? Everybody.
2: Of course. Wants, right? Of course yeah. they do.
1: Yeah. You know, so that was a huge check mark in my, you know, in my history that I always wanted to do. Travis and I didn't even win Loretta's. Mm-hmm. He got a, um, what did we get? We got a eight. We blew the bike up. The bike seized the last lap. On the championship. On the first yeah. moto. Yeah, the championship, yeah. and uh, I had to change the motor, and he went out and was scared, you know, because it wasn't, you know, he was nervous, so he didn't want to let anything happen. So we got an eighth, and we just won that championship with that. So, oh my god, that was, yeah, that was a, <laughs> that was a moment, you know, right. that was a moment. Yeah, but we won. So I actually have a picture of me and him. He rode, he picked me up on the mechanics area, and Tom Vidi took a shot of me and him. on the quad, um, coming down on, you know, the, uh, practice area where you come down on there Mm -hmm. and you got a shot at me and I have it in my shop. So I see it every day. It's like memory, you know, it's a good memory, you know? Oh yeah. That's, that's so special.
2: So, um, last kind of thing I want to touch on is, uh, 2016 comes around and I remember being blown away to find out that you were wrenching for Joel Hattrick and the Phoenix racing
1: team there. (laughs)
0: And yeah. if I
2: remember correctly, that was yeah. very short lived.
1: Yes. It was, uh, half, to, half
2: the season. I was going to say it had to yeah. be a few races tops.
1: Yeah, no, it was, it was half. It was a little more than half. I mean, Joel won his first mud race. So that, there, there you go. To do that too. There you, you go. Know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you
2: so know. what can you tell us about that situation? Cause I remember being you know, Joey, Joey's
1: I, I, I really enjoyed Joey, um, okay. working for Joel, Joel, um, I went down to uh, Alabama where he was testing for a couple of days and him and I really, uh, you know, hit it off well and, you know, mm-hmm. did, did some things that, you know, we were talking and, you know, I was trying to tell him some things, help, try and help him prolong his, his career, you know, because yeah, I, I have sure. a lot of, I have a lot of, you know, I don't know, advice I should say.
2: Well, you so got him some to, of my
1: advice, you know, and he, learnt, and he took it a
2: lot of stuff, learned yeah. a lot of stuff over the years. Yeah. And
1: he, and he took it and he, and he ran with it. And so he, you know, unfortunately with that whole Daytona thing was bad for us, you know, starting out with that whole thing was a nightmare, yeah, but
2: that was the yeah. year that he, that he crashed there. Yeah. Like, yeah and then he crashed
1: self-wise. this year too. Right. Yeah. 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 He's ever doesn't have great
2: luck there. <laughs> uh, no, no for him. But I just, I remember being perplexed by that. And I remember thinking it was basically like, I don't know how it all went down, but I remember being thinking it was a like addition by subtraction because like maybe Phoenix, you know, wanted to keep you from further assisting Chad while bringing, you know, obviously all the knowledge and experience that you were just referencing to Joel's yeah. camp. And, and at that time, Joel hadn't won a title yet. So yeah, uh, no, all, yeah, your, no. all your knowledge was, you know, supremely valuable to yeah. the program. Like I mean, I,
1: I, I the 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 team was new, so there was a lot of lot of uh, hiccups in the team, you know. But don't get me wrong, David Eller is a stellar man and I, and, you know, great friend of mine. And he, um, you know, he did he's definitely built that to where it is today to a, a really good race team. And that I was like the beginning of it, you know. Yep. So he, you know, he was still doing his learning, you know, stuff, you know, and yeah. he, you know, I gave him some advice, you know, on some things and. You know, and then my buddy Sean too was working for him and he worked for JGR. So he knew some stuff too. And, you know, sure. so the, it was, it was a good little, it was a good team, little team. You know, it just need, just needed to, it had a little bump in the road for me, at least had a bump
2: in the road. Sure. So yeah. I I came across some uh, some pictures today of of you and the, the Maxis, whatever it was at the time Maxis Honda, whatever yeah. it was. In yeah, uh, it still doesn't pictures of me really. It still doesn't look right. It still <laughs> no. doesn't look right. No, I'm blue was, man. I know. You know. I know. I know. So yeah. so was that the end of of your 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 days yeah. in ATV racing then? Yeah, that was or? it. Yeah,
1: after that day, I never I. I didn't, uh, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't come back. Mm-hmm. I just, I, it was time. It was time. for. I was tired of traveling a lot, yeah. you know, working a normal job and traveling and then working on ETVs too. Like, you know, it was
2: takes away all your free time. Yeah.
1: yeah you know, my kids were getting older softball with the kids with my softball. And, um, yep. I was also coaching that too. So that was a lot, you know, okay. trying to finagle all of that stuff. Um, sure. I mean, do I miss it? Yeah, a lot. I miss it every day. I think about it every day still. You know, I mean, how how, how can you not? I mean, I've been in it for so long. I mean, how, how can you not miss it? You know,
2: well, that's kind of what I wanted
1: to talk Do about. Do I want to come back? Hmm. Well, we'll, see. It, well you never know.
2: <laughs> right. But it was such a, it was such a good run for you. I mean, from the development of the yeah. stuff to winning the titles, the Suzuki stuff and, and the Yamaha stuff. And then with Chad at the end and the array of guys you got to work with, um, yeah. you know, you were around more years of ATV racing than you weren't honestly. Right. right so right. so um, I have to imagine that ATV racing is part of your DNA and probably always. Oh be. yeah. I
1: mean, I, I still do all the, I do harnesses too, for all these Yamahas, you know what I mean? I am sure. really, I mean, I did, a, I think I did close to a hundred harnesses in like nine weeks this oh, past, shoot. this past winter. I mean, it was crazy. You know, I so, do chads. I do, you know, I do a, a lot of people that you don't think that I do, sure, I, sure. I do you know,
2: so, so, so how, how do people get a hold of you?
1: Um, it's all word of mouth. Really? I don't even advertise it. I, I, I don't want to advertise it because I just, it's. You know, I, I, I just don't, but well, if you well, get a marathon, spo- I'll do well, it. You know, well, if someone gets older to me, I'll do well, it. You know?
2: Well, spoiler, you might get a bunch of, you might get a yeah, bunch of, muscle. I know
1: <laughs> it's okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, uh, so how closely do you follow ATV motocross to this day? Um, because obviously you do. You do. You still still keep up with it now. Cause uh, you know, obviously, obviously I, you know, there's so much that has changed, but so much is still the same. I mean, uh, Chad is, you know, obviously seven time champion now, and he's entrenched his name, you know, amongst the greatest riders ever more to go, baby. Yeah. And, and Joel (laughs) is as talented as anybody. And I know that, uh,
1: you know, that kid is so talented.
2: and you were tight with Thomas there too. Yeah. I know. Oh I, yeah.
1: Thomas too. Yeah. I totally forgot. Uh, yeah. T- TV, me, TV, baby. Mm-hmm. He's my yep. boy. He's like so, my little brother. Love right, that, and, and, I,
2: and I figured that we were going to touch on that and he's retired now, but there's a number yeah. of young riders coming up too, that are fast. And uh was just curious on how, uh, how closely you were following it, but obviously you're following, oh, I'm it.
1: following it every day. I'm on Instagram. I'm, I love it. I'm, I'm a, i am I love it too. Yeah. It's my it's me, you know, it's, it's just me. I you love know, that though, I,
2: because some people, when they get away, they like just cut it off, you know, and I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, can't relate to that.
1: Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I, I just cut off going to the races. That's what I cut off. In my sure, life. I sure. didn't cut off the friendships. I didn't cut off, yep. you know, the business part of it either, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the media i i i follow it because I, I don't comment much but fyi i don't comment much and i commented on your yeah, right. yourself know, you if you ever look back i don't comment much
2: but <laughs> um, the same way i don't do much commenting i just yeah like it, you just
1: unfortunately you can go down a wrong hole and oh no doubt <laughs> yeah i'm not that guy um, Me either everybody has uh like everybody has a um uh, you know their own opinion on something and uh
2: well the thing is is you know. people people only like uh, so many it's such a large percentage of people this is all I'm going to say about this but uh, such a large percentage of people only speak up when they have something shitty to say
1: and Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm not one of them guys yeah. either are the, you
1: yeah. well, I, there's no need to say anything man but and, but
2: i feel like yeah. it stops a person yeah. from commenting right like you're better right. to stay out yeah. of it
1: yeah just, like just some the the, the, the the i read some of these comments and, and I'm like, I don't even want to go down that road because I know and you 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 don't hey, know.
2: <laughs> who has who has time for that kind of negativity? No, I, just, no, I don't.
1: I don't either. If, if you have any negativity in, in racing, you're you're not gonna be a champion. Exactly. You get you gotta stay away from the negativity. Always gotta be positive. And if you have a, a, a bad race or you have something that goes wrong, with you a negative part of it, you need to take that negativity and turn it into a positive and learn from that. And that's what makes you a better rider and makes you a better person too. You know, Angel. and that's my motto in, in racing. People get mad. Oh, this guy took me out. Okay. He took you out. It was a bad thing, but you need to learn from it because obviously you got taken out because of what? You did something wrong, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's going to happen. So now you learn from those mistakes, you know, mm-hmm. it makes you better, a better, faster rider, you know? Right.
2: Whoever's listening to this right now needs to pause this, rewind it and listen to that a few more times because <laughs> yes, there is no room for negativity, especially when no. like you, you were doing it at the very top level, but still at the end of the day, it was for fun. You were having right. fun. You were enjoying mm-hmm. it. Yep. That's what
1: it's all about. So yep. uh, I, I, I definitely fun. It was definitely so, yeah. stressful. Yes. Fun. Very fun. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it was uh, very fun because you're not going to find, you're not going to find people in this industry, they're so nice. You know, everyone's like a family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. E- even if you didn't know the person, they still, Hey, you know, like I see something hey, you need a hand. Oh, I love, you know, everyone helps everybody. You're, you're not going to find that in, in the world. You know what I mean? Like, like the ATVs place, you don't find that at motocross. I can tell you that much.
2: No, you do not. Those guys
1: hate each other. man. It's,
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: It's, yeah. it's kill, 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 you know? I mean, yeah. Chad and Joel and, you know, Thomas. Yeah. we Yeah. They're competitive. Right. Mm-hmm. On the track. And yeah. Okay. They do some bumping. They do things. That's racing, you know. That's why. If I build something for Joel, I'm gonna build it for Chad too. I'm gonna build the same way because that's up to them to win, not me. I'll make you the best, but you guys need to hash it out. The rider themselves, you know. Exactly. It's all about the rider, everybody. Not about the bike. FYI, too. So let me just put that out there. (laughs) Yeah, it. You're shaking your head too. Yeah. It.
2: So, so then I need never to...
1: blame the bike. It's not the bike's fault. It doesn't have a brain. <laughs> well,
2: That's that's coming from the mechanic. That's what the yeah. rider always says when anything yeah. goes wrong,
1: it's the yep. bike. It's something's the bike. wrong with the bike. Yeah.
2: It's never I'm the bike, like,
1: man. <laughs> figure it out. Something like be a digger, Doug, figure it out. Oh, if something's my wrong with the bike, you figure it out. Uh
2: huh. That's yeah. what he did.
1: I mean, that mm-hmm. guy won a freaking, you won a championship on stock tires. Okay. So there you go.
2: He's amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah. He was definitely one. He was, he was. There he, will never, there will never, never be another. Never change a thing. Leave it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Doug, you don't want to change gearing. It's fine. I'll, I'll he
2: just ride it. Yeah. He just ride it. Amazing. Might not be the
1: fastest one, but he'll figure it out how to get there. See, and, yeah, the thing, and, it,
2: and it was crazy uh, when the times changed and the newer style of riding came and you had right. Dustin Wimmer manipulating uh, the bike and you had, whoo! you know, obviously Jeremiah and all this yeah. stuff. And there was Doug looking yeah. like Doug, but yep. he was going just as, Still fast there. as everybody else. Yep. Yeah. Still there. you know Unreal.
1: Yeah. Unreal. Dustin, that one year, Dustin dominated boy he was on. Ooh, that kid's ooh, crazy. Ooh. I miss watching crazy. him run a quad too. I mean, unfortunately he left too.
2: Yeah, you know? me too. So, yeah. um talking about current stuff, uh who do you have winning this 2021 title? Then?
1: Oh, come on. Um, you got to give that to me right well, now, really? Well,
2: so, does is Chad I, and I kind of wanted to think, I mean, do you think that Chad is going to get to 8 or is he going to surpass 8 because that's the magic number with Gary? And maybe I don't even say maybe, uh, maybe I don't need to do this to maybe me. Eight. Maybe I don't need to hold you down and ask you this year, but is Chad going to surpass it? Do you think Chad can get yes. there? Yeah. You do. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: yeah I think I so. do. Do I think Chad won the championship? I'm um, uh, sorry, Joey. I think so. i probably just put some fire underneath his underneath <laughs> his uh his little butt though. But hey, I, hey, I do think Chad can
2: do it. Man, I think that Joel's got Joel is gonna be out with something to prove on that Yamaha every uh, time oh I, I
1: better say, right hey now. Chatty Daddy, you better get your act together and you better start freaking, you know, doing a PT here. Okay, pal? Because uh, <laughs> Joey's coming. I can tell you that. So but it's I, you know what it's gonna be I think it's gonna be down to this again. Oh, I, I think, think so, it's going to be a one point difference, two point difference. I think it's going to be that that type of thing, you know. As long <laughs> as Joey doesn't DNF, man, or Chad, both of them, you know, and mm-hmm.
2: it,
1: it's going to be a battle. I mean, Joey's got some work to do right now, though. Uh, he's got some gonna, work to do. It's going uh, to be fun to watch those young kids coming up. You know, uh, the Ford kid and uh, and Max. You know, those kids Lewis, are yeah. they're, they're going pretty good, man. You know, and oh, Ge- actually Janus is going pretty good now. You New know, Jersey, uh, New
2: Jersey guy. Proud yeah
1: yeah yeah. he's uh he's coming so i think uh that last race you know definitely gave him a little spark mm-hmm. um you know and and you know we'll see i mean joey and uh chad are definitely in a different level though with their lap times like these kids kind of right. understand you know i don't think people understand lap times as much as i understand lap times like you know oh i got did it yeah yeah Okay. One lap. Mm -hmm. Right. They do it every
2: lap though. They do it every single
1: lap. Right.
2: It's on. And then they get faster. Mm -hmm.
1: They don't go slower. They keep Mm -hmm. it consistent. If all the young kids that are listening to this consistency will win you a championship period. Mm -hmm. That's the end of story. You know, DNFs will not win you championships. So always wash your bike, make sure you have a clean air filter, check over your bolts every race because that's the main thing is to have that bike finish. You know, don't, Try not to be cheesy, you know. And 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 a dollar here, two dollars there. I mean, you really—if you want to win a championship, you gotta you gotta spend a little bit to to get one. You know, it's not
0: mm-hmm. it's not gonna come
1: to you. You know, not putting any money into your bike. Yeah, your bike's new now, right? Because you got one two races, but you definitely need to do some maintenance to it. You know, coming three four down. You know, mm-hmm. pistons, rings. You know, top ends are good to know. Look at your valves. Check your valve clearances that's huge because one dnf you're done you know
2: absolutely well, you guys heard it here i mean that's uh that's right from the source with all the history and the background and atv racing <laughs> you should probably listen to this man so uh so that's uh valuable
1: where advice is that that's the one everyone should take you know because this team will win you a championship mm-hmm. and there's no i in team so just there remember that too there you so, go well i know he- there's a me in team no <laughs> <way. laughs>
2: PT. I can't thank you enough for this. This is hey, an absolute um, I- blast.
1: Yeah. And anytime you want do it again, I'm here, man.
2: So I, I, I truly really appreciate it. And, and to hear all these stories and to just hear, you know, that's, that's stuff that you don't hear anywhere else other than from somebody like you that's been around and been in those inner circles and to hear, you know, from the Spader days to the Suzuki stuff. And it's just, uh, it's incredible. So, uh, if you ever want to come back, tell some more stories, I would love that. And I just can't thank you enough for fitting us in
1: anytime, buddy. Maybe you'll see me in a race. You never know. I would like that. I would like that. I feel,
2: I feel like we got a connection now.
1: (laughs) It's all good, man.
2: (laughs) Awesome, man. Well, it's been an honor. That's, uh, that that's Mr. Paul Turner brought to you by manscaped to get 20% off and free shipping with code dignity 20 at manscaped.com. Thanks again. Thank you. Holy cow. What an episode. Major thanks to tonight's guests, multi time national championship winning mechanic Paul Turner, Alan Myers, and PH3 Photos Josh Klein. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to our sponsors, CST Tires, shop.csttires.com. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Foreworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Factory 43, Bike Strikes and Quads LLC, and Manscaped to get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save. Find it all on our website and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your off-season needs and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Our show merchandise, including Digging Deep shirts and hoodies, our new Quad Guys Get Hot Chicks shirts and hoodies, back-to-back national championship merch, and more are all available at shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com. If you're looking for another easy way to help us out, visit our website and click the Buy Me a Coffee button. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to help us out. You can call our voicemail line anytime, 920 569 3519, and follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content and Digging Deep ATVMX fantasy info as we roll full speed ahead into the season here. Remember, you can still sign up at atvfantasy.com today. I can promise you, you don't want to miss it. So much fun. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep 8TVMX podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links, and discount codes, our new show merchandise, fantasy info, and more can all be found on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. Again, go to atvfantasy.com to sign up and or lock in your picks today for our Digging Deep ATVMX Fantasy League before the next gate drops. Be a friend, tell a friend. Please download, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And with that, for Paul Turner, Alan Myers, Josh Klein, Brooke Catherine, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen, thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV Racing, 2 million downloads and counting. Until next time, thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real.
3: I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad are freaking nice.